Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line after an eventful weekend is our Florida Connection, Florida Senator Phil Jakes. I miss you, miss you. He's got a lot of guitars. Oh, my God. Where are you? And I'm so sorry. I cannot dream. I cannot sleep tonight. I need somebody in our way. It's way worse than I thought. It's like bad circus music. Every note's wrong. Did you notice? The web from all the spiders. <laughs> oh my this god. Horrendously good. <laughs> they can't all be winners, folks. I don't even know why it's still playing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I know he's trying. I understand. I get it. I'm sorry. Is he, though? It sounds oh, like, or is this done intentionally bad? It sounds like mm. it sounds like Guitar Hero when he's playing it way up, way above over his skis. Yeah. He's going out over his skis and and he's just going plump <laughs> missing the notes and not singing correctly. <laughs> Rating? Uh, this one's gonna be weird. I'm gonna say six point two. A what? Yep, it does. I actually enjoyed how bad that yes. was. It was so bad, I had to wonder if he was doing it on purpose, because every no- he That's missed I- he missed everything. He missed the time. It was he missed the notes. So terribly well. He done. was off. <laughs> he was off key. He <laughs> off tempo. Everything was wrong. There's eight guitars on the wall behind him, and one in his hand, and he doesn't know how to play one of them. <laughs> Apparently not. Jesus Christ. He gave us 6.2 for that? I like it. <laughs> Apparently we are fans Jesse, of cringe got, humor. We gotta start we gotta start a spreadsheet on ratings. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting Based deep the, on this. Like, save save the, the hyperlink of the YouTube and the name of the video and all that and then my rating. Like that's the way to do it. Fair. My God, I don't. I don't think we've actually done one twice, have we? The only one we've no. done twice is the original. Uh, ever since we started covers, I think we've only ever. I don't think we've done any twice. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I think we're still on that track. I don't know. Haven't done one twice. It's been a while. We've. I. I, I who knows at this point? So. Anyway. If uh, anybody's new to the show, by the way, welcome. We do these shows live to tape, meaning we don't edit them. It comes off like we're actually listening to it live. Uh, so welcome to the nightmare. Oh, if you know who we are, 
great. That's cool. Yeah, what we do. That's cool also. And I'm sorry. Yeah, also. Uh, We all three of us have raced and, well, still currently race on short tracks around, well, Connecticut and Florida at this point. I'm too fat to get in a car. Phil has done both. Um, Let's see. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, I think I'll actually take, because we usually start our episodes off with personal updates since we all are involved in racing in some form, and Jesse might actually be if they go on strike. We'll see what happens. Yay! Um, Strike, 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 (laughs) strike. No justice, no peace. The king has to strike too, I think. Yeah, he's part of the strike too as well. I believe the king is. There's a few other guys who actually are thinking about going on strike pretty soon, so... Anybody, uh, the P3 podium king, the podium king, yeah. Um, we'll get to him later, anyway. Uh, yeah, we usually start our episodes off with personal updates. I'll go first, I'll save Phil for a minute. Uh, even though he actually did do some racing or driving race cars, um, I haven't. I've been kind of busy with other stuff, and you know, life is kind of going on right now. I'm kind of glad at this point that I'm still kind of racing part time because. Just things get in the way because you got to, you know, like I said, life happens. So I've been fixing, uh, I spent today fixing my father-in-law's car. So my car has been in the trailer and I just haven't been able to get in the shop and do literally anything except for just kind of nut and bolt it. And I did some work on the rear I already talked about. I wanted to get the transmission pulled out and do a little bit to that, but I still haven't been able to do that. And I don't think there's anything broken on it. I just think that, uh... I think some of the tolerances are a little bit more open in the shift mechanism than they should be. So I'm just kind of like, all right, well, if I put it in high gear, it's fine. If I try to downshift while it's hot, it doesn't really like to go into gear, but it'll go into gear just fine, you know, when it slows down a little bit. So I'm like, well, I don't downshift on the racetrack. It should be fine. So I might go rebuild a couple transmissions or something, see what I can do around the shop as soon as I get... Well, I did get the car back in the shop today because I did finish that car. I got them all fixed up so he can be good to go. And uh, I'll be getting back on that. I know the videos that I put up over on YouTube at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. If you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. I'm trying to get some subscriber base built up in that thing so that I can get some... uh, Ad revenue started, and then uh, hopefully maybe at the end of the year it'll buy me a single tire because I won't make any money to start, so whatever. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, yeah, I'm I'm in the point where we still got at least a week and a couple days at well as of recording. We're going racing next Wednesday at Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. That is July 26th, and um, I believe it's just one of the kind of normal weekday shows that they tend to put on because they put on big shows for um, the beginning and the end of the year. And then they do have, I believe, at least one tour race in August. So you'll have the modified tour coming in August. So that'll be fun. Um, But yeah, I'm going to be racing about a week and a couple days. So I still got time to get the car back up in the air. Still got plenty of time to, I don't know, go through the front end. I know we've been kind of working away from a specific part of my setup that I used to really, really rely on. And it it just hasn't worked out. I wanted to try getting away from it just to see if it worked. It doesn't work. And I'm saying, all right, we're going back to it. I'm going back to what it was working before. And I gave it a couple races to try to see how if it worked or not. And 
it just was not feasible. I think we just got to go back, you know, and I know that's something that I've done on Jesse's car. So, uh, it worked for him. It'll work for me, hopefully. And we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I was, I had all these plans. I was going to go to Stafford and do stuff there and never made it there. I think they still have my check from a few weeks ago and they still have my license. They haven't sent that out yet. And I think they want me to pick it up, and I'm like, and haven't been able to make it. The time I was going to go and film was, uh, I think, last Friday, and it rained out, so I couldn't make it there still. So that sucks, but uh, we'll have a lot about Stafford later, and uh, I think I might touch on them in the second segment of the show, but not directly to them. It's to something else relating to them. Uh, But anyway... I'm going to go through the front end of the car, back end of the car. I think we're going to do my usual thing where I change all four springs and start over again. <laughs> but uh, You usually do that after you win. Oh, yeah. Usually, well, you know, at least I know what works so I can go try stuff and then go back to it when I fail completely. But we've been failing completely, so now I have to go back to what actually worked. So, hey, you can't say I'm not trying stuff, you know. I'm out there trying to learn, and it ain't working. So we're just got to go... Other direction. So that's my updates. I don't really have anything else to go on, but uh, you know we're racing next week, so we'll see what happens. I think uh, <laughs> I don't have any updates. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. No, I think no. Phil no, Brown. Yeah, have... yeah. Brown Satan is going to be going on striking. I'll finally have a vacation. There, done. Phil <laughs> Brown Satan comment. Brown Satan. <sighs> Well, we'll see. We'll see if UPS actually sacks up and allows you guys to go on strike. Anyway, Phil had a weekend. An eventful weekend. Well, he said it. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. You had an eventful weekend. It was a great weekend until it wasn't. Um, Yeah, I took the sportsman up to New Smyrna Speedway. It was a 25-lap feature in conjunction with the shark bite 100 pro late race actually had a really good field of cars had 17 cars show up Hmm. um which is i mean for what they pay i don't really ever care personally about what it pays to win i care more about what it starts the start money is Hmm. but they're by far the lowest in the state so to get the quality of cars we got was actually pretty impressive and I was excited to see that, and we unloaded really fast on Friday night. Uh, we were the fastest thing there by a pile uh, on Friday night. I knew there were going to be some faster cars that would come and maybe be faster, and there were um, a couple good guys that showed up. Probably, I would say, seven or eight really solid cars that had a chance to win the race. Um, so it was a really deep field overall for a new Smyrna race. Um, so like I said, the car was fast in practice, loaded it up. We went to dinner cause it rained out a little early. Um, and practice, we made a couple more changes to free up entry, uh, and landing, especially into three is where I was struggling and get the car kind of up off the track. Cause it was bottoming out the cross member landing into three. Uh, anybody that's driven Smyrna knows how you land into three. It's it's kind of an abrupt drop. I would almost equate it to what you would think at Dover, how you just fall off into the corners. Hmm. But 
so we got the car turning better, got that all squared away, um, went out for the heat race, and I flat out stepped on my dick. <laughs> I The field bottled up in front of us, and I just took the momentum to the inside, three wide, and I was going to be fine. I was all the way up to a guy's door, and... I know they didn't expect me to be there. I had a bad angle and just we met in the middle. I take the blame for it. 100%. I put myself in that position. So it is what it is. We both were able to finish, uh, keep going. He won the heat race. Uh, so I was happy to see that. And uh, I ended up getting up to fourth. Missed the invert the way they, however they do the inverts. Um, and ended up starting 11th in the feature uh feature was going really good just continue to pick off spot after spot it's really hard to pass uh with these cars here so you got to really find something that's superior to get you rolling and keep more momentum and and i was able to run in one and two i was almost i was driving in full throttle into one two and a half to three cars deeper than i had ever before rolling the top staying a car and a half width off the wall i've never been up there before but there was so much grip and the car would just turn and point and i'd get such a mega run down the back stretch i'd gain four to five cars on everybody going into three and if i could time it right i could land into three and cross them over and drive out off of four and take two or three more and that that's what i was doing with lap cars and like clearing people and it was the car was really really good and made my way up, passing for third with five to go, uh, running down the leaders at a pretty quick pace, and a caution came out. Now, I had made, obviously, the contact um, in the heat race with my right front, and I had mentioned to Daniel that I felt something weird in the steering the rest of the heat race. So I didn't know what was going on. Um, so I'm, we, I had also made a little contact uh, with a couple other cars that checked up. Just typical restart bottle-ups with these cars. One guy miss a shift or something like that. It happens, and I got into the back of the 63 car, and I just barely clipped the 32 as he just... I don't know what the hell happened, but he tried to climb out of the ballpark. He was up on two wheels in front of me, and even my spotter, Christy, she's like, wrecking, don't know how you missed it. Because <laughs> it was, I, I could feel his car as I went by it. Like it, it scraped along the whole right side of my car. So got lucky on that one, but kind of in a way, at this point, almost wish that's what took me out of the race. But so anyway, fast forward to that restart. The yellow came out and I held my position. I had just passed a couple of cars and they had gotten bottled up, but I knew we had completed that lap. So I had the position. Um, so I stayed in my position of fourth. The car behind me pulled up next to me and rubbed up against my door and we kind of got away and my car all of a sudden just jerked just barely right and cranked left and it like in my hands took the steering wheel hard to the left and 
I was just kind of along for the ride at that point. Like, we came together, and I'm not happy about it because it, well, what it was a friend of mine. The cars came together. I'm. I don't want to go into crazy detail. Well, why it's not did it worth... turn left? Well, it broke. I have no idea. Something. Something in the in the front end is broken. I currently I have found a broken tie rod, a uh, broken lower ball joint. There it is. Uh, the l- lower uh, control arm is literally just folded in half. Well, that's what you get for running gun drilled lower ball joints. Yeah, cheating. Yes. Yes. My my <laughs> my lower ball joint pins. Yes. No, but like I, I have no idea what happens. And anybody, you guys know me. I don't wreck race cars. On purpose. And no, not on purpose. I mean, I, I've, I make mistakes, and I'll fucking own a mistake. And you know, going to the wall with him. Yes, I legged the throttle because I'm trying to get these cars to pop out. He's steering against me. I'm trying to steer away from him, but I've got something going on in the front end of the car. I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to get it to stop. We dragged into the wall, and it was a whole thing. Um, Still have a ton of respect for the kid. Still consider him a friend. It hurts my heart personally that I hurt a friend, and the car owner is also a friend, and it's just it pisses me off that this all happened. So I just, it, it was a good run gone bad with an unfor- unfortunate circumstance. We had a legitimate shot to win that race. Um, and I'm just going to hang my hat on that because it was by far my best run to date in a sportsman. Yeah, it sucks because uh, if there's one scratch on you, the Atlantic Ocean is going to be renamed the Red Ocean because of all the blood that's going to be in it. I will kill everyone in Florida, everyone. I, I'm not. I'm not terribly worried. Most parties involved have. We've had discussions, and everybody seems to understand that this is just. Uh, I mean, the video. There is a video, and it doesn't look good. I will admit, it looks like I cranked left. But, yeah, but why would you just like hook said, a it, left while in third place and wreck yourself? It just it's just stupid, you know. And with a friend, you it know, just doesn't that, make that's sense. the thing. With a friend, you know, he came up and rubbed me. Yes, but that doesn't piss me off. We do that like, coming whatever, to green every we, single race yeah, for Thompson. We do that constantly. He and I were doing it at fucking Desoto earlier in the year. He and I were. He was like at Desoto. He and I had such fun. Because I'd drive into his left rear and just just touch his left rear and get him out of shape, but I'd give him the respect. And that's how I race. I gave him the respect to let him hold on to it and keep the position and race it fairly. That's how I am. And it it hurts me that people are judging my character right now. Yeah, the problem with it is, with a car to your inside, if you broke that lower ball joint or whatever happened, and that wheel stuffs into the wheel well and you have no steering it's going to go left and you can't see it because there's a car there so you can't really prove your point you know what i mean and when it when it jerks left it looks like your hands are turning the wheel left because your hands are still on the wheel so that doesn't look good and then you've got cars behind you that looks like you're just driving left so it's like well you know it's hard to prove but you know, you got to stick by your word and be like, well, I mean, it's a part failure. What do you expect? You know, it's just, just yeah, it, shit happens. I already, I mean, 
Genghis Khan used to shit and piss himself in the saddle on purpose just so that the stench would intimidate all those who would ride up against him. <laughs> so I think maybe I just maybe a little intimidation should be should be should be in part so of you're your saying repertoire. he should shit himself if he gets into a wreck just hey, heads on pikes yeah. whatever it makes sense I hate to think of what would have happened if I had gone off into turn one on that restart and that failed I think Doug Curry knows what it's like yeah that's I I don't know what happened I just it's it pisses me off. I don't know where my one of my cameras is missing from the car. I don't know if it's from the accident or from other things that went on, but hmm. one of my cameras is missing. I can't get to the other one until I get the body's too jagged, and I got to get the car out of the trailer to be able to reach it without having to go get stitches. Yeah, that's not so great. Did you have yeah, one on no, the roof or something? or? No, there was so there was one on the A post looking at my like it frames up my face because mm. I don't know it's fun for me to look at my eyes personally I like to watch that oh so and it's on see the drivers yeah all right yeah so I have one of those and then I have one that's literally eye level right next to my head on the other side of my headrest looking forward and I mean that'll see everything it shows my hands everything so I just got to get in the car and pull that out and I can show everybody what the hell happened so or f maybe even figure out what happened myself Race, racing's fun racing's a good time yeah uh, <laughs> i already i already reached out to the people who work on the car and the car owner and i haven't gotten to talk directly to the car owner but i i've <laughs> all right kill it let him talk Sorry, Jesus God. Christ. Sorry. Damn, Jesse. <laughs> you want me to kill myself? No, not you. <laughs> the other guy. No. <sighs> nah, he's he's good people. It's just an unfortunate incident. We'll we'll work it out and get over it. Hmm. But it is what it is. Well shit. The dirt car is in the garage though. <laughs> All right. There's a new and exciting challenge for you. We'll work on that for a little while while I uh, slowly save up some money to fix the Sportsman because I'm probably going to have to replace all of the left front suspension, the radiator, the front bumper, uh, the left side nerf bar, uh, the body, the hood, um, pretty much everything just needs to get gone through at this point. And I don't know. Do I take the time and swap over to the new chassis now, or do I fix this car and focus on the dirt car, getting it going, and then swap over to the new car? Coin flip? It's just a, yeah, it's it's a balancing act of, of where I funnel funds, hmm. unfortunately. Single guy problems. Poor baby. Anyway. Single guy problems. You have money. Should have plenty of money. You don't have anybody dragging you down with it. That, I said God. the I said the quiet part out loud. Anyway, anything else? I didn't want to like cut you off or nothing. Nope, I'm all good. Right. I might try and run the pro truck at some point, but I don't know when next time I'll race is. I think that's the same for all of us. Anyway, 
All right. So why don't we move on into the second segment of the show? Because that's the one all the people really love to hear about. And that is the DARF comment of the week. Where did we get this music anyway? I don't even remember. 101soundboards.com. I don't know if it was like some public access game show sound or something. Whatever. It's inconsequential. Anyway, I had a tough time finding a DARF comment of the week this week until I found a post from the Superstar Racing Experience on Twitter. And I found plenty of them there, but not for the reasons you might think. Uh, Let's see. Let's go into it. This pertains to, they had the first race of SRX for this season, which is I think their third season, at Stafford Motor Speedway this past Thursday night. I believe it was July 13th, can't remember though. But anyway, we'll gloss over that. Their second race was scheduled to be at Thunder Road in Barrie, Vermont, uh, this coming week, this Thursday. That did not happen, as if anybody's from the area, they know that... uh, the whole state of Vermont has been bombarded with rain and bad weather. It's and in a state of emergency. It was, anyway. It's, yeah, they had catastrophic flooding, biblical flooding. Um, roads, houses, everything is, like, swept away, gone. It's just a disaster up in that area right now. And uh, SRX put out a statement that uh, they said after two days of conversations between the SRX chief executive officer... Don Hawk, Governor Phil Scott, Thunder Road track owner Christmas uh, Michaud. They collectively made the, the difficult yet necessary decision to move the location of next week, which is this week's SRX race, from Thunder Road to Stafford Motor Speedway. So they're going to run two races in a row. This is going to fall under the news we missed from last week because we released the show too early, also known as Not So News segment as well, but... We'll, we'll get to that at some point. But anyway, they said that uh, while they're disappointed they couldn't visit Thunder Road this summer, the SRX is announcing that they have already awarded Thunder Road a 2024 race date. So hopefully it doesn't rain biblically again. Uh, Thunder Road will refund all tickets purchased, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, there, I was going to blanket this one, but I think I could use this person as a figurehead because he gave it the... Uh, the most explanation. So this person replied to that tweet because I got this off Twitter. Name is Scott Boyden. And I'm using him as the figurehead for this movement that's going on with all these different commenters and Why opinions. Why did he get the most likes? Uh, no, he just got he got the most views and he's the one who explained it the most out of all of them. Okay. Or at least explained their position the most out of all of them. So I'm giving it, I'm using him as the figurehead. All right, anyway. Or the leader. He's at Boyden, B-O-Y-D-E-N-996 on Twitter if you're interested. He replies, two Stafford races? Wasn't there 44 tracks that reached out for an event? So not a single one of those tracks was able to make Thursday work? That's insane. Why would they pass on that? Well, number one, you got to think about this a little bit more in depth there, Scott. Um, You have a week's notice to move an entire cable network. And this is a sports network. This is ESPN we're talking about here. Excuse me. Sorry about that. But this is ESPN. They have, and I'm not joking, they had like four different cameras, right? Four or five different set cameras. And they were broadcast cameras. 
Those are $100,000 a piece. Then you've got miles of wiring. You've got production trucks, which I think they had, God, how many did they have? Six, eight production trucks? Something like that. I saw the picture. There's a ton of them. I don't remember. Um, then you've got all of the infrastructure as well. What the hell was that noise? I thought my house fell down. Anywho, um, <laughs> my front door just slammed. Uh, anyway, there is a ton of setup and prep that goes into this. This is a kind of DARF comment that I haven't really gone into yet, and it is behind-the-scenes commentary. It is kind of the infrastructure and the back backroom dealings and such. Um, you gotta again, you gotta think a little bit more laterally about this. How many of those racetracks that reached out for an event could actually host this type of event? How many of them have camera stands? How many of them have scaffolding that are safe enough for a network television person with a $100,000 camera? These are all elements, uh, everything that you've talked about and more, that has to be done months uh, months upon months of a, ahead of time, mm -hmm. logistically speaking. The logistics into network broadcasts is insane. Months ahead of time. It's insane the amount of planning that they have to go through. The next I saw somebody say, why not Thompson? And I'm like, good fucking luck getting a date in one week. That date's been booked. They say, see you later. No, we're not interested. Because then they'd have to cancel like multiple dates to bring in production and set them up. And bring. I mean, they Thompson can accommodate network broadcasts because they've had NBC Sports come in and do the uh they can do it but NASCAR not the last minute they can't do it last minute you know they'd have to have whole setups and planning and all this other logistic stuff what's easier than breaking down all of those cameras all of that equipment finding a racetrack that at last notice or last minute notice without months or weeks of planning in advance can accommodate all of the production trucks all of the requirements behind a network television broadcast within a week. Nobody. Can't do it. Nobody can do that. And what's easier? Leave them there. <laughs> Leave them fucked up. Leave them in place. <laughs> Stafford puts on great racing. They sell out the crowd so it looks great on TV. I mean, it's why would you change it? Thunder Road. Yeah, made they'll sell it again. Thunder, it will sell out again, probably. Hopefully. Uh, Thunder Road made a significant investment in their facility to have this type of a broadcast take place. Yeah. Like, oh. they set a bunch of stuff in place to have the infrastructure in order to run an SRX-style uh, race. I believe they even... They built a whole new tower. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they built an entire new tower just for it. Yeah. So it's like... And it's beautiful, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a bunch of people just... I'm reading through the comments, and I'm just like, what? You know, it's like the amount of... Just people just saying, oh, why didn't you go to this racetrack? Why didn't you go to that racetrack? Oh, go to Mahoning Valley. It's 30 minutes from Pocono. They're going to be in Pocono next week. And it's like, well... It's the Dunning-Kruger effect, Brent. Please enlighten the rest of the listening audience who don't might not know what that means. When you think about something, but you, you really talk out of your ass. <laughs> The layman's terms. That's about it. Here's something else to even consider, though. These mm -hmm. cars have, they've been tested at all these tracks that they're going to race at. 
So if you go to a track that they haven't raced at, they have no baseline set up for it either. That's a great point. Yeah, too. they do have test staff. Like That's I believe David point. Stremmy is part of the testing staff as well. Yes. Stremmy and I forget who else they said. I know Schrader oh, uh, was doing it for a bit too, but he's racing now. So Yeah, he's full-time now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, you got to think about this, guys. Please, don't be dumb race fans. You got to you gotta think about this. There's a lot stay that off goes our into show. this shit. <laughs> stay off our show. The planning, you know, you know, it, the planning, the execution. I just the, He's not oh, the boy just killed something with a fly sweater. Nice job, boy. No, don't wipe it on. Don't wipe it on. Them. Get, get it outside. Gross. Get the bugs outside. Our boy's first kill. Well, not his first kill. First fly swatter kill. Anyway, for not knowing or just being ignorant of the fact of there are actual things that go on, like, you know, planning, scheduling, these types of things, which you should probably know about because, let's be honest, any other sport has to deal with it. You all win our DARF comment of the week, especially you, Mr. Boyden, because you're our uh, leader of this whole group. I'm not doing a blanket comment again this week, so may God have mercy on all of your souls. That's it. Play the music. The song gets better every time. I'm not saying that people have to be like network executives or something, but come on, we're we're just idiot short track racers talking into a microphone right now even we know that they're this is the type of stuff that has to happen come on no well i've have the most video experience of all so combined probably that yeah too so i know a little bit about this news from last week that we missed because we released the show too early also known as not so news we completely missed because we released the show too early bush beer announced that they will be partnering with Trackhouse in 2024, primarily on Ross Chastain's car. Go ahead, Phil. I find it very ironic that the king of the Florida man NASCAR fans, where everybody is just anti-Bud and Bush now because of all that Anheuser stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he now has the Bush sponsorship. (laughs) I wonder if that was done on purpose. Man, I love it. Uh, it's good stuff. Hey, I think Trackhouse, man, they're just, they keep winning not only physically on the racetrack. I mean, they're not the biggest winners out there. Let's be honest. They've gotten wins every time they've been out on, you know, every season. But from a business standpoint, they just win. You know what I mean? Like Justin Marks and his well, business the, model. And yeah, at the height of the, of the, of the Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin thing, they, they got UPS as a sponsor. As <laughs> You're right. That's shots fired. That's good. Yeah, I mean Justin Marks. He's not a. He's not even really that old of a guy. He's like in his very very early 40s. He's like around our age, collectively. Just um, Phil's got a couple years to catch up, but I mean he's not like he's going to be in this sport a long time, and he's got a great. He's got great ideas. And I like him. And Tony Stewart's starting to really go down the path of we don't want paid drivers. We want to hire good drivers, and owners should be the ones finding the sponsorship, which is exactly how it should be. You know, we need a business model in the sport where the cars are affordable, 
People can buy them, and they don't need billions of dollars to run a team. You can go out and ha- you know have a agency in the team go out market get sponsors and bring in the talent that you want because you want to win races you don't want to have riley herbst drive the car or something late Uh, models i said the quiet thing out loud again um anyway (laughs) we could go on and on about that forever but yeah that's uh i mean i wonder what Stuart haas is going to do because i know they have josh berry coming we haven't heard any real sponsors have if I haven't, but have anybody else heard anything about them? No. no. I haven't heard anything, no. Because I know Tony Stewart said categorically, like I said earlier, he wants racers, not sponsors, to come in. Like, he doesn't want I people mean, bringing money. Mobile One will stick around because that's a team sponsor. Well, that was Tony's sponsor before that, too. So Yeah, hopefully so that'll be around. there. They'll probably retain Subway. I'm sure they'll have something, but like to lose Bush, they're a huge sponsor. You know, unless you're like a woman in their program, and then they'll probably give you a computer controller, but we'll gloss over that. Let me look who their current sponsors are. So they have Bush, Bush Light, Ream, Sunny D, mm-hmm. Hunt Brothers Pizza, Gear Wrench, Mobile One, Realtree. Hunt Brothers I should think stick around. Mahindra Tractors. Oh yeah, Mahindra. Yeah, 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 Hunt Brothers will probably stick around because they have an association with Priest as yeah, well. Yeah, Priest brought United Rentals as well, so they'll probably Sonny D will probably stick around, but that'll probably become a Priest sponsor because he had a prior relationship from JTG. Reem also mm. probably stick around. We'll see. I don't. I don't really see any of these leaving. I don't see any reason why they would. I mean. They were. I'm sure they were really hoping to retain Bush, but they continue to suck to leave. Well, all, most of the Fords have been sucking lately, especially Stuart Haas. I don't know what's going on, but man, some of the Fords are picking it up, but they're just not. And I don't think it's a talent thing because you're t- you're looking at a team that's got. I mean, Chase Briscoe won nine races in the Xfinity Series, comes over to Stuart Haas, and is like, Pfft. Cole Custer won a championship, Pfft. nothing. You know, Harvick was winning a bunch of races, then didn't win shit. So, I mean, it's like it's the whole team just tanked, and I don't know why. But we can go on they about just that got all behind. Day. Yeah. Yeah, I know what that's like. <laughs> anyway, I also have some more news from the uh, same news we missed from last week, etc. All right. Penalties issued after NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour race at Wall Stadium Speedway. This was fun. This was drama. I didn't hear this. Oh, this is good. <laughs> oh, there was a whole bunch of Twitter and Facebook drama going around and interviews of uh, people trying to deflect responsibility. It's It was a great time. Driver, Jesse, you'll love this. Driver J.B. Fortin in the 34 J.B. Fortin racing team. Why am I not shocked? Okay. Uh, continue. Continue. That was Phil's <laughs> scheduled tweet message. This is the name um, of this episode, isn't it? What's, what's that, scheduled tweet? Or you already do that. I don't think we've done that one yet, but more okay. on more on that later. <laughs> Definitely did that one. We're doing more on that later, though. All right. He was fined $5,000. Jesse, you'll love this. Must attend a c- and complete anger management training as determined by NASCAR and is indefinitely suspended from NASCAR for any NASCAR-sanctioned events until the fine is paid and successful completion of anger management training has occurred. Upon reinstatement, the member will be placed under probation for one year. 
I'm going to go through this whole thing, by the way. Please do, because there are some good points in it. The rule infraction is as follows. 12-8.1, member conduct guidelines under subsection B. Number one, disparaging the sport and or NASCAR's leadership. And two, verbal abuse of a NASCAR official, media members, fans, etc. Subsection B, number one, physical confrontation with a NASCAR official, media members, fans, etc. Two, member-to-member confrontations with physical violence and other violent manifestations such as significant threat or threats and or abuse and or endangerment. Subsection B, number one, or E, number one, sorry, actions by a NASCAR member, just you'll love this one, that NASCAR finds to be detrimental to stock car racing or NASCAR. It continues... Team member Amber Fortin of the number 34 J.B. Fortin Racing Team entry was fined $2,500 and must do all the same stuff. Anger management, indefinite suspension, until the fine's paid, you're not allowed to come back. Physical confrontation, same stuff. Team members Nicole Fortin and John Fortin of the number 34 each fined $1,000 and definitely suspended from NASCAR and any NASCAR-sanctioned events until the fine is paid. Upon reinstatement, no, no anger management, uh, until... Each uh, fine is paid. I said that. Upon reinstatement, each member will be placed under probation until December 31st, 2023. Uh, Disparaging the sport, verbal abuse. Driver Max Zackham of the 26 Lakeland Avenue uh, Landscape Supply Team entry, because he was involved in the incident, has been fined $1,000 for intentionally damaging the 34 car while under caution on lap 139, because he ran into him. Uh, let's see. I, I guess that's why. Go ahead. Uh, the the ner- the front bumper of JB Fortin's was in the Nerf bar on the driver's side and stuck. <laughs> <laughs> the rule infraction is as follows: twelve eight point one member member conduct guidelines again. Subsection B number three: intentionally damaging another vehicle under yellow or red flag conditions or on pit road with no one around. Additionally, a post-race time slash lap penalty was assessed to uh, Zackham's car, uh, per the rule listed below, reverting his finish to lap 139, which really fucking matters. Number <laughs> both uh, The number 26 was placed behind the number 34, and the finishing order is now scored as finishing 12th. Blah, blah, blah. Reckless driving, etc. Uh, let's see here. Did I miss anything? I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> then uh, I know J.B. Fortin got um, well, got um, interviewed by Race ACT, and uh, he gave his side, which was incredibly self, you know, fulfilling and well, it deflecting. minimizes it. But, he did as much to minimize and deflect as much as possible. Is, but, but there uh, is one thing that I must consider. To is, he he claims that his whole thing was is that drivers kept driving into him under caution yeah and not and getting away with it numerous numerous times not he just said that he time. complained to uh who's the jimmy wilson jimmy wilson that's it thank you numerous times and that wilson never did anything about it and well, all this other stuff and well here's the point uh when doug kobe uh got chopped by what was what was his name in a 46 anthony nacella no no Sella's in the 46 yeah right. and he got taken out of the lead at riverhead Oh, okay. Or whatever track they were racing at. Was it Riverhead? Yeah, it was Riverhead. Might have been. Or it was Wall. Wall, the, uh, Wall Stadium. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was the Wall race? Yeah, okay. they had the Wall race. Chopped out of the lead. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kobe went up under caution and hit him under caution. Mm. 
down on the left side. What happened to him? Not a damn thing. Well, he didn't damage the car. The rule says you got to damage it. The rules say you have to damage it. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. That's what well, it said. Well, That's well, what I, guess, I read, right? I guess. I guess they're moving the goalpost then because he got run into under caution. He ran into him under caution. Nothing happened to him. It's a fair assessment. So I'm just saying is that there might be a point to his, a little bit of his frustration that doesn't condone what he did. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. But uh, yeah, the whole anchor management thing. Fuck you. You can go kill yourself. But um, I don't do that shit because you know why. <laughs> Because that has Second and Fourth Amendment to the Constitution uh, violations. A, well, yeah, it has considerations to it. Because guess what you have to fill out on every form when you want to go buy a handgun? Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you? Do you have mental illness? No. You <laughs> check no. You because, lie. No, you're, that's breaking <laughs> the law. <laughs> well, guess what? No, don't lie. That's bad. Well, guess what? If you lie, you break the law, and so they're not allowed to ask, though. That's the thing. So here's the thing: is that yeah, and so if you go to anger management, you may be considered mentally ill or whatever for some bullshit that happened on the racetrack. Yeah, you could you could have you can have the men in blue come in, knock down your men of guns are going to come down, knock your door, and uh, seize your guns illegally and other property. Shit. Yeah. Yes. But Search and seizure and Second Amendment. No. There's also this going on. Uh, Fortin claims to have been run into multiple times under caution, like we'd mentioned before. Um, why is he getting run into under caution? Yeah, what about those incidents? <laughs> yeah, can we elaborate on why he's getting run into under caution? Maybe because he's running into other people constantly and Phil, can't stop doing that? JB Fortin things. <laughs> Succinct. I like it. Did Amber and JB go kick him in the head or something? I have no idea. <laughs> they. It's just kind of telling that the entire Fortin family got fined and suspended and everything, and Zachum got just like a little fine. See, now this sets precedence. Phil, how come Fuckface down in Florida doesn't get to go to Because it's management? Florida. Oh, it's yeah. not NASCAR. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't give a shit. <laughs> I said it, not him, not you. I said it, not you. Moving I, on. I take it. I'm, I'm just going to gaslight, just like <laughs> just, Phil does. He's just gassing them up. I just like to gas people up, you know. Sometimes some people like to gaslight, you know. And Jesse, uh, Phil's trying to be nice. He's trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> Leave the poor guy alone. You know, some people, you know. Seriously. <laughs> Jesse's the guy, you know, pushing the guy into the cop to start the riot. You know what I mean? He's the one firing Usually the gun. Usually it's against me. Jesse's the one <laughs> so, firing the gun in the air in the back of the, uh, what's it? The, well, uh, I'm Kevin Harvick jumping over the hood <laughs> and pushing Brad Keselowski into Jeff Gordon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was amazing. Jesse's the guy during the Revolutionary War firing the gun in the background, making it sound like they opened fire, and so they start the Battle of, I ah, forget it, let's just move on With the Boston Massacre? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yay, <laughs> chaos. <laughs> fucking red coats anyway i don't think i have any more news we missed i probably do but i missed it we have a listener voicemail oh we do have some but uh it's the nascar hall of fame nominees i'll get to that in its own segment we have a listener voicemail from uh perennial call-in who actually uh is kind enough to leave us voicemails even though we asked everybody for them every week but it's uh from our favorite modified Stop guilt in the audience i just want participation from adam gata I don't pre-screen these, by the way, so let's play it. He deleted it. 
No, hey guys, didn't. so we just came off of two of the biggest sprint car paydays, but even after that, mm. the biggest 50-50 payday I've ever seen. Somebody went home with $101,000. Woo, god Basically damn. wish that we could do that here, doesn't it? Yeah, we do wish we could do that here. However, we have casinos. We have these um, <laughs> casinos, and they have a very specific deal with the state of Connecticut that by law, any and all gambling... And 50-50s count as gambling, apparently. Um, they are frowned upon legally. Like, you're not allowed to do it unless it's, like, at the casino for casino functions. Like, you're not allowed to do <coughs> Or the anything. lottery. Yeah, or the lottery. I the think CT that's it. has the lottery. Yeah, the lottery and the casinos, that's Monopoly. all you get. And the reason we got sports books in this uh, state is because they partnered with each casino. So... I forgot what they are. It's like DraftKings and what's the other famous one? I don't even know. Who cares? Who cares? Doesn't matter. I don't do it anyway. I'm not a degenerate. But um, it, it always blows my mind how high these uh, 5050s get at Eldora. But then you got to realize too that there's online sales as well. So oh, that's right. They do that. But yeah, it's probably yeah. subject to what state you live in and all this other shit. So. Yeah, but I mean, if you can do it across multiple states, that people believe... participating, sitting at home watching flow racing or whatever. Don't quote me on this, but I believe there are specific riders in the law that if you have a nonprofit or a charity or something, you're allowed to do 50-50 raffles or uh, just raffles in general because technically they count as... Um, Gambling for Race some reason. should do that all the time because they always operate at a loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I won the. Uh, they had a fifty-fifty at Waterford one night, and I believe I actually won that. Um, I won't tell you how much I won because it's definitely not a hundred and one thousand dollars. Because God damn, that's a lot of money. I mean, Logan Shukart went out and just completely freaking dominated the Eldora Million. Looks like he started on the pole. And finished on the pole. Carson Macedo started second and finished second. Yeah. Brad Sweet passed one car to finish fourth or third from fourth. Wow. Yay, street cars are dirt F1. Wow, that looks exciting. Yeah, that's because the guy fell out. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Reitzel started third. He fell out. Oh, that makes sense. Looks like Kyle Larson had a bad night as well. He started sixth, finished 20th. Yeah, so that looks fun. He probably crashed into them. You know, it would have been great if they did it with uh, super late models because those cars actually pass. Oh, they did that already. My bad. Um, yeah, I, I I know Adam Gata loves sprint cars, and I get it. They're cool to watch, but... I do, too. They're fun. They're, they're, they're like super, super modifieds to me. I love They're cool cars. to watch because they're fast, and, and they're cool looking, and they make a lot of noise, and they smell good when they go by. They burn your but eyes. They, Speed and downforce and aerodynamics, that doesn't mean you're going to get good racing. Not necessarily, no. I love the super modifieds, by the way. I love them. Good racing. Yeah, I love super modifieds. They're not a side by side fest, that's for sure. No. No. And I love super modifieds, but just because of all those reasons that you had mentioned, because they're stupid speed and they they smell good. (laughs) Bring back the Moody Mile. Let's see some dirt. Uh, big block modifieds go race for this type of stuff. Those things are actually cool. God, I love the dirt big block mods. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think yes. Yeah, sprint cars are fun to watch. I just hate it when they 
when they do acrobatics and people get hurt. That's all. Yeah, sprint cars are just fun to watch. I love watching. Sprint cars are the four wheel equivalent to MotoGP. They're the last of the gladiators. Like they are the last one. There's definitely some good racing in them too. Oh yeah, there's some good ones sometimes, but most of the time it's like, all right, this guy's got a five second lead and the battle's for third. You know, or oh, they all wrecked on the restart, which they did at Eldora pretty bad. Hmm. Anyway, that's a big money, though. That's huge goddamn money. I'm glad short track racing. God, some... dirt, dirt makes so much money. I know. I wish I had dirt around here that wasn't over two hours away because then I'd be more interested in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so spoiled for choice when it comes to racetracks because I live centrally located I mean, between other than four Stafford, asphalt tracks. I mean, other than Stafford, it really not a lot of money asphalt tracks around here. No. And if you don't own yeah. a modified, well, a tour type modified... <laughs> You're not making any money anywhere around here unless you go to Canada because ACT is going to have a race up in Canada, and I think it's for like fifty grand, but that's probably uh, fifty grand Canadian, so it's probably like fifteen grand American. So, <laughs> I, I honestly think in the next five to ten years I'll be on a six-axis full-motion rig in my house instead of racing because it's getting so bad. It's getting really bad. I mean, I was talking to you the other day, and I'm like thinking about it out loud. And I'm like, wait a minute. I always harp on the fact, I, I, especially Stafford, because they make an entry-level division that I race in run on straight racing fuel that's like $15 plus dollars a gallon now. But the tires are $175 a piece, right? How, mm-hmm. much were, how much was SK tires and fuel 10 years ago? About that. It's really close, right? It's not exact, but it's really close. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you expect us to afford it? I mean, you know, when 10, 15 years ago, if we could afford this, we could afford a goddamn SK. Yeah. Inflation's gone up. That's a not exactly of, the point. I, I'm not a lot of the purses could, haven't gone up. The purses haven't gone up since the 1970s. Yeah. Stafford being the exception. But well, for some things. Eh. Eh. Or the eighties. Let's say the eighties, okay? Yeah. We're still racing for three hundred bucks or two hundred and fifty bucks in a street stock or limited late model or modifies are still racing for less than fifteen hundred dollars to win. Well, they get incentives too. For most so it's of them. Eighteen plus. So yeah, a lot of SKs. Yeah. And SK lights was just to have the most SKs out there. Hmm. They race for about as much as street stocks get paid. You know what's funny is like I want to just get rid of my car, get an act late model, and if Thompson keeps running, just run that because at least those guys at Thompson, you can tell the ACT runs Thompson, especially the oval track. I mean, because I think the ACT late models at Thompson get like twelve hundred to win a normal race. That's almost SK money for a car that costs about as much as a street stock nowadays. If I was <laughs> if I was living up there, I'd be running ACT cars at Thompson for sure. Yeah, six races, I could probably afford that. They pay way better. It's like running, if you can run an SK, go run a tour type modified instead. The motor probably costs the same, you know, and you get more money per per race than you would if you ran it as an SK. It's like, I'd be just makes more sense. I'd be really curious thinking about it to see if the setup that we run at New Smyrna would work. Like, go to a complete conventional big spring outboard shock setup. Like yeah. we have in the Sportsman now, see how it would work compared to what they do. Because our cars were three tenths faster than the ACT cars at Smyrna when they came down. 
but some of that's definitely arrow. And they're a lot lighter, I believe, too, right? No, they're 2,800 pounds. Oh, ACT is about the same weight? I think they're 2,800 also. Hmm. I don't know. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. I could go on for days and days and days about rules and stuff. But, like I said, you think about it, 10 years ago was not that long ago. And uh, shit's changed a lot in 10 years. And um, when you're paying the same amount for those two things as you would for an SK 10 years ago, that's just watch the car count. Look at the car counts around the area and tell me we're in good shape. You know what I mean? Especially Waterford, which I'll get into later, but there's a whole other I, reason for that place to be not so great right now. So I can't help but wonder if we raced, you and I raced, well, the three of us raced actually through the last big wave at Thompson. I don't want to think that because it's definitely been, um, <laughs> it's definitely been through waves of its own. You know, the track has ebbed and flowed as much as racing has ebbed and flowed. You know, there was. There was really great times in the, you know, specific years, and then they would scale back and, you know, sh like the gas crisis would come and everything would fuck up, and then you'd go and, you know, it would come back up again, and then they'd focus on, like, another iteration of the road course, and racing would be expensive again, and then it would come back, and it's, like, just, again, it ebbs and flows. This time it's, I don't know, dude, it's tough. It's really tough to think because the way... A lot of what local racing hinges on is, to be fair, production vehicles. And what have production vehicles been in the last 10-plus years? Mostly eco-box, four-cylinder, front-wheel drive garbage that get you to work and back. I mean, they, they seized production of anything fun, frame-built, rear-wheel drive V8 in 2011 when they got rid of the Crown Victoria. Right. So it's like the only thing you could go off of that is some kind of a a Chrysler or a Mustang, a or unibody, a unibody Chrysler Mustang pony car type thing, mm -hmm. Camaro. Yeah, and they probably go too fast, and they would just crush. they're expensive. Yeah, exactly, and they're really too expensive for what we want. And oh, it sucks. If we had better mini stock rules, I bet you'd see a ton more of those cars coming along, but. God almighty, you know, this we do not do a good job with rules around here. We just don't. We don't keep up with the times. Like, I, I harp on it all the time. A good track up north to look at that sticks with the rules and gets it, you know, kind of up to date. Thunder Road. They have great four-cylinder divisions. They have 20-plus cars every time. I think, in general, asphalt does a terrible job at rules. Mm-hmm. Because there are... Th 350 fucking different divisions of asphalt car. There's too many for what we have now. In dirt, many. there's maybe like 20 divisions total. Good point because, yeah, asphalt is very balkanized look, look between how many the regions. S look how many SK Modifieds we have. There's at least three different types of just that car. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. We could consolidate look, that two of them into one. How many types of modifieds in general? Oh, just pass mods and tour mods and SK mods and yeah, crate mods, just crate mods and fucking just everything. Jesus Christ. 604 crate, 602 crate. NHSTRA has different modifieds than we have down here, and there's SKs, SK but, lights, tour mods. 
I then mean, you geez. go to Dirt. How many different types of modifies do they have? Well, they got ump mods, big block mods, and then iterations of the big block mods, like the Northeast big block mods, uh, yeah. which is um, crate and 358, I think, right? Yeah. So there's like three of those, but it's all the same chassis and different shocks. So, I mean, they have good counts too, but it's dirt. They pay better because <laughs> they do a better job. Yeah. You know? I don't well, know. I think part of that too is they get more cars because they have more unified rules across more tracks. More and everybody does it. Yeah. Race, multiple nights a week. Mm -hmm. People are going to come out. Then you get cash flow. Like it's a cycle. Yeah, it, when you have all the unified rules and they have, you know, they take and they reduce the number of divisions down, and and um, basically clarify everything and and consolidate everything it just makes life a lot easier and yeah. especially if you can control costs like dirt racing at least it's not like asphalt racing the only cars i see that are you know buying new tires every week are like sprint cars because they wear them off but like mm -hmm. a lot of other dirt series you could actually run on the same tires you know i know a lot of guys buy new ones every like week but like it's nowhere near the scale of asphalt racing you know Things on, on dirt are named intelligently also. Like here in Florida, we have pure stocks, super stocks, street stocks. Uh, and then we have sportsmen that aren't sportsmen, but are sportsmen. But like, how do fans know what the hell is what? Yeah, I mean, we got three different types of street stocks in Connecticut alone. It's you almost know? as bad as road racing, figure out what yeah. classes there are. <laughs> It's this? just getting too mean. much, and that's why people aren't interested. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. We have to simplify. And I mean, simplify it, and multiply. A lot of shit's way too expensive for what it is, too. I mean, you look at a Legends car. Oh, yeah. Legends cars, I thought, used to be pretty expensive, you know, back in the day. But that was back when they were about twelve thousand bucks, brand new. Now they're north of eighteen five. Ugh. You know. And they have different engines than what they used to. And now they have Hoosier tires. Apparently, they're not that bad. But I'm like, well, how not bad are they? Because they used to run on Falcons or whatever the hell they were. What tires were they? I forgot what the hell it was. It was mostly a street road race tire kind of deal that they would camber shave. But, again, those things lasted forever. And now you got these, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> I can't stand Hoosier tires. Sorry. But, again, it's like... We're just in this. I don't know what it. Did. I don't know what to call it. It's kind of like a cooling off period, or just kind of like a downturn. And I don't know what to do, man. It's all in. It's all outdated rules. We just need to have committees come together and say, "Look, we need to come and fix all these rules because they're wicked outdated." I mean, come on. The mini stock division should be every four cylinder car you could ever imagine that shows up for like an enduro race, you know, but with a cage in it. And they could all have the rules set to be competitive based on engine size and stuff like that. And that's what that's what Thunder Road does. And then you could come and say, look, you know, we got a bunch of this stuff in street stock divisions that's way too goddamn expensive. Like, what are we doing racing? We should save this definitely for uh, for our end of the year. I've done where this we, rant before. Where, but we, where we do the rules, wishes, and whatnot. We did that once already this year, but... Yeah, usually it's for the end of the year and shit. Yeah, like I said, yeah. it's I've seen 
plenty of people, and we've mentioned it before on the show, they're like, oh, you don't know what a... Kids nowadays have no idea what these, you know, 40-year-old cars are and with street stocks. They can't identify with it. And I'm like, people watch Formula One and they see a, a basically a fighter jet with, you know, <laughs> a Renault badge on it. And tell me that's a Renault. You know what I mean? Come on. Give me right. a break about this brand identity bullshit. A street stock's a street stock. It's a fucking Monte Carlo. Drive it. They look awesome. I don't give a shit. Stop with this all it- nonsense. And it comes down to two, like, uh, I made this comparison before about calling a stock car a stock car and expecting it to be a stock car. I think a street stock is a street stock. It's not what everybody would think of as, like, the latest, greatest, what you would see on the street. It is a type of race car that just happens to fall into the old square body you know, seven inch tire, whatever range. It has a look. A street stock looks like that. A late model looks like a fucking taxi cab. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. You know, a street stock in Vermont is called is a mini stock or pure stock. Yeah, that's problematic. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in Vermont they call a street stock the four cylinder division at Thunder Road is called street stocks. Because they're four they cylinders. They do that in other places yeah. down here too. They also call the eight cylinder division the Tiger Stocks. So I'm like, is this like Stafford where they have Dare Stocks or something? Rare, rare, Tiger Stock, rare. Yeah, I uh, had a couple guys from Vermont wanting to buy my car when I was selling it up there, and and that's what I found out it was the Tiger Stocks or whatever they are up there. <laughs> they're a little different. They they're closer to what you have now than what we had then. Yeah, it's it seems like it. It does, but it's a bad and, and that's fine too. Like, if there's more tracks in New England that have that kind of locked rear outboard shocks kind of rule package, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have tracks like that. But you got to kind of go with what's in your region too. Yeah, it's again we could do this all day long. We could say everything that we hate. We we say it every year. <laughs> You know, that we hate all this stuff every day and every episode that we, I don't know. We just, we're always off on this exact same tangent, but it's just, uh, it pisses me off so much. It, oh. Hello cousin there. of the show, Chuck McDonald, has just showed oh. up unannounced. Always. Look how tan you are. <laughs> I know. Must have been hot. It this man must work outdoors. No, or I just like to light fires on my race cars. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You can get a tan from setting your race car on fire. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. There's a beer. Have at it. I have no idea if I have a third mic or not, but I mean, you're probably gonna be outside grabbing stuff, ain't you? Just one. I got a buyer for something, so. Just one, huh? Yeah, I don't have any room in the truck for the rest. Oh, okay. I might have to uh, end up pausing the show to go show them where that is. So we'll be back in a second. All right, we're back. I had to go uh, donate some stuff to Chuck's cause because his car got burnt up pretty bad and he needs a lot in parts because it's fuel injected and good grief there's a lot of money in those things so i'm just used to cars where i can you know hit it with a hammer and throw one wire on it and it runs so i don't know anyway we're gonna move it on because we could bitch about rules and crap all day and we gotta go to the remember we were talking about it before we're like wonder when they're gonna put out the uh 2024 hall of fame inductee or uh, nominees i should say well, apparently they finally came out with them. So for the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I got to clarify. 
Apparently they came out with them, and if my phone would actually load up because my internet's been crap all day, I will get that list for you. But in the meantime, um, how long? Jeez, it feels like forever. Is it the same th- three that have been in there for a while, like Stefanik and uh, Red Farmer and who else? Um, I thought they already got inducted. Oh, Dale those, Jr. Those people already got, yeah, they already got inducted. Yeah, but I thought that their exhibit was up for like forever, wasn't it? I don't know. Because I, I mean, know that Julie, be. I think Julie just posted something like a few weeks ago saying that she just got Mike's car back. So it's like, I think that they've been in there for like two years. I don't know if they've just been kind of lagging on. I don't know, whatever. But I got the nominees here. All right. Let's go down the list, Jess. I don't I don't think we're going to make our uh, predictions like we did last time because we were completely st- well, I was completely wrong, I think, on everything. All right, we got uh, Donnie Allison. Oh, you got the? Did you get this? Is from this is from January. Oh, McGriff, Kenseth, and Shelmerdine officially enshrined. The twenty twenty three in January. Okay, so the, those three went in. Okay, that's all right. So we're talking twenty twenty four nominees. All right, here's where we are on that. I believe we did talk about that. I just don't remember when they moved in and had their own exhibits because they usually have it in the Hall of Honor and stuff like that, where they have the new, the three new guys in, and they take a car from each one's affiliation or the ones they drove or something. They put it in a display, whatever. It's a, if you've never been to the NASCAR Hall of Fame, it's worth the trip to Charlotte to go do it. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, I hate to say it, but last year's was kind of a dud induction year compared. Yeah, I went when um, Mike made it in, and uh, Mike Stefanik and Dale Jr. and uh, Red Farmer. That was pretty good. That was cool. The Hall of Honor had all three cars in it. I think they had Junior's uh, last Daytona 500 car in there, the one he won last 2013 or something. I can't remember. But that was cool. They had all their memorabilia next to it. Anyway, we've been (laughs) limping into this since uh, 10 minutes ago. All right, class of 2024 nominees. I got a list right here. We got Donnie Allison, Sam Ard, Neil Bonnet, Tim Brewer, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, A.J. Foyt, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, I believe they're actually lumping them all into this one list, but there's different ballots and stuff. We'll get into it later. Banjo Matthews, Ralph Moody, Larry Phillips, and Ricky Rudd. Again, I believe there's um, different types of ballots. Like there's the uh, modern ballot and the, uh, what's it called? The ba- Pioneer, Pioneer ballot. Pioneer ballot, yes. And the Landmark Award. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's the Landmark Award on here, so... I would like to honestly make the predictions again because it was kind of interesting. All right, Jess, do you have the list of um, I do of what section goes in each here? Yes. Okay, so Pioneer Ballot, Modern Era. Okay. Jesse has the whole list of modern and landmark and stuff. So um, go up again. We'll go to the top of the Modern Era. Modern Era is Bonnet, Brewer, Burton, Edwards, Gant, Hyde, Johnson, Knauss, Phillips, uh, Rudd. So that's your modern ballot. All right. Pioneer ballot is Donnie Allison, um, Sam Ard, A.J. Foyt, Banjo Matthews, Ralph Moody, 
And who, how many do we really, get from each? I think we get two from modern and one from, um, yeah, two modern and one pioneer. Yep, two modern, one pioneer. Yeah. Now, what, what were the modern again? Jesus Christ, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Neil Bonnet. Yep. Tim Brewer, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss. Larry Phillips, Crudman, and that's it. I don't know how you don't put Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canal straight away. I mean, just double them up, same ballot. Yeah, they're the only seven-time champs on the list. I mean, everybody else will get in eventually, but that's just was Sam Ard on that or the Pioneer? I believe Sam Ard's on the Pioneer. Yeah, because Sam Ard would be my Pioneer. Well, let's read it off the list of nominations for the Pioneer ballot. Which we already did twice. <laughs> Donnie Allison, Sam Ard, AJ Foyt, Banjo Matthews, Ralph Moody. I honestly, uh, to be fair, I don't know why AJ Foyt's even on the list. The guy ran like 100-something cup races in his entire career. He never ran full-time. He won the Daytona 500 once, but so did Mario Andretti. Um, a bunch of guys have won the Daytona 500 once. Trevor Bain won the Daytona 500 once. Does he get in? Um Really, like like I said, um, Foyt was an IndyCar guy. I don't know why we'd even bother putting him in NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he won seven career NASCAR races, and one day one of them was a Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah, and he was part time, so it's like that's not Hall of really. I know it's not the Hall of Statistics; it's the Hall of Fame. But he did not make his name in NASCAR. He made it in open wheels. He's still in open wheels. He still owns a team. I hate how they have to separate. Holman Moody. If your team name is hyphenated, it should be just send. Did John together. Holman get in? Yeah, it's John Holman, right? Yeah. So he's in, but Ralph Moody's not in. Yeah. Come on, we got to put Moody in. You can't separate those two guys. I don't even think that we should even bother. It's like Simon some, and Garfunkel. Why do we? Why do we even bother putting Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss on a ballot? Just yeah, they're going to go the fuck in. Just put them in. Don't even wait. Just they're in. Vote for the fringe people, not for the people that are automatically <laughs> going in. Put Gant in. Come on. He was a great short track you racer. Know, Carl Edwards should go in. Mm-hmm. Harry Gant should go in. Harry Hyde should go in. Larry Phillips should go in. Crudman should go in. Jeff Burton should go in. Tim Brewer should go in. Again, we're All at, these guys should go in. We're at the point right so now. What's the problem? I believe Scott Tapley said it right. He said, look. The people who are on the list are eventually probably going to get in. It's just a matter of time. But since they have decreased the number of inductions every year, now it's just going to take them longer. Yeah, why should it you know? take them longer? Just put them the fuck in. Like I said, my prediction, I think we're just going to do it free. anyway. You know what? I have note cards. For once, I'm prepared. I'm going to say Johnson I'm write note cards. Johnson. Okay, so I'm going to write Phil's name down. You only taken two. Yeah, Johnson Gant Ard. You said. Okay. Johnson, Gant, Ard. Unless you sign in. Brent. <laughs> That's my name. Wife's trying to fix Jesse's phone. By the way. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna pick. I gotta pick the 48 team. I'm just gonna pick Johnson. I can't write because I don't write anymore. Canals. And my landmark guy, ah, Jesus, I don't know what the hell I'm going to pick. Um, I like the idea of Banjo Matthews. I really want Sam Ard in. I really want Ralph Moody in because 
John Holman's in. That's true. Thank you. Um, Christ, I got to flip a coin on this one. Let's go Sam Ard. Yeah, it was a hard choice on that one for me. Yeah, that's really tough. I want... Go down just real quick. I'm sorry, I can't read. I really want Ralph Moody in. He needs to be there. But if Holman's in, Moody has to be in. Come on. Come on. But Sam Ard, I mean, you wouldn't have the Xfinity Series as it is today without the guy. So, And they do put on the best racing right now. So, um, Jesse, what are your three predictions? It's going to be Johnson and Knaus. Oh, same as me. Yep, and, it's, and I think Banjo Matthews is the only different one. I think I picked him last time. The tough thing about Banjo Matthews is it well, he didn't stick around. He's like suitcase Jake Elder. He didn't stick around more than one team. You know, well, he had he a also, lot of teams. I mean, he also ran his own business. You know what I mean? He was building cars. Like <sighs> even into like the nineties, two thousands, people were still building their own cars. Like Johnson built cars and um Laughlin. Um, guys like that, but they would do like what Banjo used to do. They'd build cars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He built seats. He built cars. He was a fabricator, all sorts of stuff. So, all right. And then we'll do the, uh, you want to do the landmark award just for shit? I don't shits think and they giggles? get a vote. I know they don't get a vote, but we can guess who's going to win. You know what I mean? Oh, the, do they have a list? Oh, <laughs> well, they the do have a vote, but I don't think it's not the same kind of vote. There is a vote, but I don't know. The landmark award is Janet Guthrie. Alvin Hawkins. Yeah, Guthrie was on the last one. I Lisa think uh, Kennedy. she was on as well. Mattioli was on as well. Les Joseph Richter was Mattioli. on as well. Les Richter. So who, do really they have care. anybody new? Not really. I don't not really? No. I don't, I don't really care about that one either. We're not going to vote on that. So We we have other things <laughs> to talk about. Like, Did yeah, we not we talk about do. fucking... We didn't do any local racing we yet. We didn't do any local <laughs> racing yet? What are we bothering with this bullshit? We wanted to make our predictions because we did it last year, so we got to stick oh, to type. Yeah, well, I actually did write it down. We can do that if we got time. We still got plenty of time until that's coming out. All right. So I wrote it down this time. Yeah. And now we can actually have proof of how wrong we are. So moving on. Stafford ran on Thursday, but they did get rained out on Friday. Let's go through some. uh, Yeah, the year of the rain. Man, it's the rainiest summer I can remember. But you know what? It sure as hell beats a drought. Um they only ran SKs as like some kind of shootout race. I don't know if it counted for points. Did it? I doubt it. I don't know. On Thursday, they did, uh, let's see here, SKs. And they headlined the S. Well, they didn't headline. They supported the SRX race that ran on Thursday night. So let's go into it. I got some highlights here. We got lap five. R.J. Marcotte drove down across David Arute's nose, and that spun him up the track, collecting Stephen Kopsick, putting all three of them hard into the turn one wall. Kopsick and Arute were rather animated while displaying their frustration. Marcotte blamed everybody else for running into him. Um, <laughs> it was. I was waiting for Phil's reaction. I think he's just hiding. Uh, let's see. Lap six or seven, I don't remember which. Tyler Leary and Marcello Rofrano got together, and Leary spun, collecting Dylan Kopech as he came by. Kopech would actually drop out of competition with damage. A few laps later, and a couple cars got together. Everyone stacked up. They kept going, except for Wesley Prucker, who looks like he broke something in the right front, came to a stop. Lap 17, Kurt Brainerd would come to a stop, bring out a yellow. Uh, just before halfway... 
Jimmy Blewett took the lead, and I expected this race to be over, considering how fast he's been lately, until Keith Rocco got to his bumper and took the lead on lap 22. I didn't finish my notes for this race, because I forgot to finish it. Anyway, <laughs> Mikey Flynn recorded his best career SK finish with a second, and he's had super uh, strong runs as of late. Yeah. It's nice to see a new player re-enter the picture with Spafco as well, so that's fun. Um but, yeah, nobody was stopping Keith Rocco, though. The last two weeks, he and Tom O'Sullivan, they got that thing absolutely figured out. Is it Tom? I forget. Fuck, I forgot his name. Be- I think it's Michael. Michael. Oh, it's Michael? Okay, it's Mike O'Sullivan. I'm sorry. There's a few of them hanging around still. It's Michael O'Sullivan. Uh, let's see. They had that car absolutely hooked up in the last two weeks. I think he scored back-to-back finishes. I believe this was also Keith's 80th Stafford win. And couple that with... I think it's 68, or no, it's a specific number. I forget. He's won a bunch of open modified races. He's won six late model races. I think it's like 68 SK wins. I can't remember, but God almighty, that kid's won a lot of races. Kid, he's about our age now. God almighty. (laughs) Uh, It was was weird uh, when when a car would get underneath Jimmy Blue. It almost looked like it surprised him. And he'd get up and out of the groove really, really quick and slow down real fast. Hmm. They're like, oh, shit, don't want to do that. What the hell was or that? The, or they're running into him. Who we don't see it. <laughs> no, I don't think it was it. But I don't like, know. Like, Holy shit, where did he come from? But that kind of thing. Keith Rocco's back. He's re-entered the fray quite dramatically. All right, SRX. I so, know. with we, that. Oh, no. yes, sorry, point standings. I don't think they've changed. Well, Mr. Todd Owens in the lead. Was that a points race? Yes, it was. Really? I didn't think that was a points race, but this yes, looks different is. to me. Yes, it is. And next week's SK Light Race, 20-lapper, before the SRX race. Yeah. That one's going to be a points race. And I love the fact that people were up in arms about the SK Lights going in behind the SRX next week. It's like, what other divisions putting out 35 cars? Shut up. Seriously. You want action or do you want, like, limited late models to go out there and be taxi cabs? Sorry, limited late models, but you guys kind of are. But that's a product of the car, not you. Let's be fair. My only question is, what's the feature length? 20. 20. Laps. I think it's only 20. Nah, I got to do like 30, 35. Yeah, give them a give little the extra fans. purse. Yeah, give the fans a show. Don't cut them short on it. Yeah, you got 30 cars. You got a lot of them to wad up. Or if you're going to do that, do 20 <laughs> laps to them and 20 laps of street stocks. Well, it's probably a network time thing, so 20 laps in an SK light race could be an hour. Yeah. Fair. And they do. Yeah. I know that a lot of people were complaining because they went to see the SRX race and they watched the SK race, and then they had like two hours of downtime before the SRX race. And I'm like, well, you know, they, they gave you a little bit of entertainment ahead of time, and they have to do the network changeover, but they have to go – when the network says they can because that's their time slot. So if you're sitting there from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock, well, you knew what you were getting into when you signed up for it because when does ESPN go out? 9 o'clock. It's live. Welcome to the Dream Factory, kids. This is live television. It's not tape delayed. Okay? Yep. So so Todd Owens hmm. got a two-point lead over Jimmy Blewett with with, with uh, no wins. Todd's been consistent, though, well, man. Nine top tens and five <laughs> top fives that, out of ten races. He'll get that thing figured out I mean, Stafford. That's still a good year. I don't give He's a been shit. getting better. He's really been getting Mikey faster. Mikey Flynn is in the top five of points. 
Yeah, he's fifth right now. He's fifty six back. Nope, good for him. He's tied with Stephen Kopsick right now, actually. So yeah. SRX raced after that. I forgot the driver lineup, but if you're listening to the show, the chances are very high that you watched. So let's be fair. Yeah. All right. Again, we announced it earlier. The uh, race, or right before the race, that Thunder Road wouldn't be held. They're going to move it to Stafford just because it's incredibly convenient, and Stafford is probably the best short track in the country, so shut up. Anyway, Heat Race 1 got pretty physical, but luckily everyone made it out in one piece, even after Brad Keselowski got sent into turn one sideways, and we've seen that end badly in plenty of other divisions before that. Uh, But everyone missed him. And uh, let's see, Heat Race 2 was a little cleaner. Ryan Newman took the win in that one. Lap six of the feature and a rather large stack up happened about half the field, but it was only really kind of body damage to everybody. I believe Harvick did drop out from this due to damage, however. Uh, he wasn't the only one to drop out as well. Uh, at the, about the one-third mark, Tony Stewart, yeah, there he is, would drop out with fuel pressure issues. Caution on lap 41 of 75. I believe that was their fun flag to tighten the field back up. Yeah, that's true. They hey. needed it. Denny was checked out. Hey, stadium super trucks do that too, but everybody knows it's coming. You know what I mean? They race to it, and then they do it, and they slow down, and they go again. It's whatever. I mean, yeah, it's manufactured entertainment, but everybody it's their rules. Whatever they they made the rule. Everybody agreed to it. It's not them just throwing a wrench in it and saying, "Oh, that's what we're doing now." No, they they knew about it ahead of time, so whatever. Uh, Ryan Newman had to use a backup car after a fitting let go in his normal race car that he'd started with. He started last and was up to like second. He was tracking leader Denny Hamlin down at about the two thirds mark of the race at a pretty good pace. It was, but big lightning hit with about uh, twenty laps to go, and the yellow flag flew. If you were watching the broadcast, you saw the lightning strike. It was massive off of turn three. And I was like, oh, shit, that's not good. Because yeah, that was not far away. No, all of the grandstands at Stafford are metal and aluminum, and they're packed full of people. Aluminum. Uh, imagine if lightning struck the grandstand. I hate being a what-if guy, but again, that's why we have insurance, apparently. Um, that would be very, very bad. So they did a great job of getting everybody the hell out of the grandstands before anything happened, which it didn't, which is good. Better safe than sorry. Better safe than having, you know, higher insurance premiums, definitely. Um, But they had to end the race pretty early. They'd cut the laps down. They threw the yellow. They threw the white after that so they could get everybody cleared out. It was a good call. I couldn't really complain about it. I mean, weather is what it is. Denny Hamlin won. And uh, he says, I think I'm going to have to retire now and just end it perfect or something like that. It was pretty funny, but uh, he was declared the winner. And uh, if you felt like you got shortchanged by that finish, well, change the weather. And uh, buy tickets to this Thursday night because they're still available. And uh, you're going to see a whole different crop of superstars. I believe Ryan Priest is coming back with a 13th car. Daniel Suarez is going to be there. A bunch of different guys are going to be there. Uh, from the last show, so it's Great not like you're being there. Sell the place out. It's not like you're gonna watch the same exact people out there. There's gonna be new faces, so just go and watch that. That's gonna be a great time. 
And it's going to be good racing anyway because it's 650 horsepower late models with no spotters. These cars haul ass around this racetrack. They're awesome. They put on great racing. They're basically what Bush North cars should be. Um, or K&N East or Arca East or whatever the hell they're supposed to be. But that's what they should be. These cars, they're so fun to watch. I mean, this is what short track racing is. I mean, big power, little handles, no arrow, and they beat the piss out of each other. They are rockets down the straightaway. These cars haul ass. And they're not as fast in the corners, but my God, they're fun to watch. Anyway. Yeah, because they don't handle like shit. Yeah. They're basically, what What did we decide they were? They were like a uh, perimeter super late model chassis. With essentially what it is. Essentially a racing setup. Yeah, I don't know who builds the chassis. I forget. Is it Hal or some, who, somebody? Fury. Fury builds these cars? Okay, cool. Fury. So they're all perimeter, basically perimeter super late models with... Five on five hubs, uh, steel wheels, Goodyear sl- hard Goodyear slicks, and is it an Ilmore engine or is I forget what it is, but it's six fifty. I, I think, don't know so. what it is. Yeah, I used to know, but I I haven't looked lately. But um, they're badass. Okay, they just are. They're why aren't they crate motors? Well, they're kind of crate it's, motors. <laughs> Yeah, a spec engine is technically a crate engine because they build them all the same as well. Let's be fair. They're Ilmore's. They're Ilmore three ninety six is seven hundred horsepower, five hundred thirty foot pounds of torque. So they're basically an LS derivative engine, or uh, are they a small block derivative? Looking for a picture, no picture of one. I'm assuming it's LS derivative. I mean. They use uh, Holly Dominator Dash and all that. These they're all EFI and SRX, I believe. So yeah, because I know a lot of the like those spec engines for uh, Arca and I think even Truck and Modified Tour or something like that. I think they kind of have the same engines. They all have coil yeah. packs on them and injectors, and they have the, yep. the exhaust porting is exactly the same as an LS. So it's kind of like an LS based like. engine. Yeah, that's it. I think that's an LS based engine. Anyway, so yeah, they put out big power. I like them. Uh, Stafford Friday, they were supposed to race the day after, and I was supposed to go film, but it rained out, unfortunately. This has been the year of the fire part two. Yeah, short track fires, though, not national fires. It's been the year of the rain. You're supposed to sing along as the karaoke version. Thank you. <laughs> I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> but I always thought that I'd see you again. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we did the karaoke version on that one. That's okay, though. All right. Let's go to uh, Waterford Speed Bowl. How about that? Okay, Brian, you're going to have to carry this whole show because I haven't seen shit. Those videos are out, by the way, over at uh, YouTube at the Speed Bowl History YouTube channel, if you're interested. it's a, If you subscribe to Sid's View on YouTube, you should be subscribed to Speed Bowl History. It's the same people. And uh, this is single cam shoots for posterity, essentially. We're just filming them because... Uh, we want to document them for history. And if you want the to, archives, yeah, archives. Yeah, exactly. 
And uh, if you want to sponsor that, get a hold of Sid DiMaggio, and he'll uh, point you in the right direction, and he'll keep on uh, paying us to go film, which would be nice. All right. Speed Bowl Saturday night. Mini stocks. Mini stocks, before you get into them. Oop. Speed Bowl mini stocks, I think, is probably like the one of the best divisions in all of short track racing because there's a lot of variety. Anybody could win, and mm-hmm. it just seems like such a bro-tier division because At everybody – well. Everybody gets out of the car into victory lane and they just laugh, hug it out, you know, just have such a good time. Yeah, you know, when I raced a you mini know? stock, it wasn't about who could beat the shit out of each other the most. It was about who could finesse it the most yeah. and get passes for position. And we would all have a really great time. And then I went to the street stocks, which I love street stocks, but all we do is smash our heads together and throw poop at each other and see who comes out on top with the bone as the weapon, like. What the hell was that? 2001 Space Odyssey. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, with the black obelisk. Hata. Hata. Your nerd is showing. Uh, yeah, I know. But I, I don't think I actually watched the whole thing. I think I only ever watched the first part. <laughs> anyway, we got to know it for pop culture references. Mini stocks. First caution came out about five laps in when Nick Papakota went around in turn one. Six laps later, Erica Canfield went around off turn four, tried to keep it going, wasn't able to, and the caution flew. Uh, Meanwhile, her dad, Charlie Canfield, was out front trying to hold off the hard-charging Chris Garside, who's already won three races this year, and Spaghetti King John Bavalaco and Jared Roy, because all three of them were all behind him, hunting him down. But... Canfield would finally get the monkey off his back and pick up the win. I believe it's his first on the year. He's been struggling pretty big. Thought he blew that engine up, but lucked out. So, could be worse. Yeah, he was one of the fires. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the fires on the same night as Dougie's fire, too. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's move on into trucks, because we had a top story coming in was Brody Monahan looking to set a track record for the trucks with a sixth straight win. Because he is at five, and he tied Alan Coates' record in the division. Uh, let's see. Race had a delayed start because they had to roll Kohansi and the bus to the SK pits. And if you're not a racer, the bus is the ambulance. Bus is just much easier to say. <laughs> uh, they had to roll it to the SK pits, and they had to wait for the second bus to arrive. I believe uh, Brad Caddick went down with some uh, heat-related illness, but he's all right. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. Two laps in, though, once they finally got it started, uh, after contact and other physical moments throughout seemingly the entire field, uh, Monaghan was able to carve his way from seventh to second in two laps. Like, I'd be filming, and I'd watch, and these two guys would get together, and somebody would get squirrely and stack up a line, and then a, a, like half a lap would go by, and somebody else would get together and stack up a line, and and I'd look up, and I'm like... Monahan just made it to second, uh, two laps. I'm like, this is anticlimactic. We're not even going to watch it pass anybody because everybody got out of the way inadvertently because they were making contact with each other, and it gave him the opportunity to just squirt right on through. Anyway, caution a few laps later for a three-truck incident. Uh, all of them drove away, I believe. Restart, Monahan blew past, I believe, it was Sean Karen for the lead and started to check out. Kenny Cassidy moved his way into second. Caution for a spin with 14 to go. No change up front. Three trucks went around in turn three. Never hit anything or each other. Uh, But another caution with nine to go. 
but nothing would change up front again as uh, Brody Monahan would take down a record-setting six wins in a row, six of the first seven races, which is pretty damn incredible if you ask me. No comment? He's 14. Yeah, he's also only 14 years old. He's also- I said it from the beginning. I, I think that kid's got an incredible amount of talent. He's been raised by talented race car drivers. Like, he's... If they put him in the right positions, I'd like to see how far he could go. He's actually been racing an ACT car now, which was the old uh, DiMatteo 6 car, the, the black car with the blue number. And he's been fast. Like the fastest car out there. So he's been content. Yeah, he was rolling at the end of the late model race too. Yeah, he was in contention the last few races in the late model, so more on him later possibly. All right, Legends Cars, they had a regional qualifier for Inex. They had a halfway decent car count, I guess you could call it, with uh, everything considered around here. But two laps in... Riley Paul, Zach Martinez, Wade Omke, uh, and Patrick Smith all pounded the wall off turn four. Uh, so there was a couple contenders out pretty much immediately, and uh, nobody was happy afterwards. Tempers were pretty hot. I filmed a lot of that. That was just a big hit. So watch that race on Speedball History's YouTube channel. All right, we got... Uh, luckily, they were all okay, by the way. Isaiah Newcomb would get to the front after that, start to take off as uh, everybody else was just kind of battling behind them. But uh, Nick Bulkley would, I don't recognize his name, but he seems to be pretty decent, uh, would start to run him down at the end, but only get to within two car lengths and not be able to close up any more than that as uh, Isaiah Newcomb would lead to the end for the win. I think he's won like about five Legends car races at Waterford this year so far. Might be It might fast. be between Wednesday and Saturday night, though, so... But yeah, he's quick, because I believe they are running Wednesday nights as well now, again, which is nice. So, SKs, 10 cars took to this heat race, I mean, I mean, feature event. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that sucks. It's, so, it's just disheartening. It is disheartening. And I, I see a lot of people blaming Sean Foster for the low car counts, and it's like, dude, have you seen the turnover rate of the GMs at this facility? It's not the GMs. They're all handcuffed completely. There is, they are there to run day to day. And if they have an idea, they can run it past ownership, but it's probably not going through. So I hope this is giving him plenty of decent real world experience for him to finally get a better opportunity later on down the road. Anyway, sorry. Lap four. Eric Burnt got under Troy Tallman and moved him up, as uh, and then he was gone, and it looked like it was all over from there because you can't pass on the bottom in an SK, apparently. No. Uh, Corey DiMatteo gave a charge to Burnt but began to fade late. But five laps to go, a single-car spin would be the only yellow of the race, and it would change everything. On the restart, it looked really plain to me, at least, that DiMatteo jumped the restart horrifically, but they let the restart go, and Burnt would get drop-kicked not to second, but to third, leaving Andrew Moeller to now battle DiMatteo for the win. 
and DiMatteo would hold off Moeller and take down the win. Now, at the end of the race, Burnt was not happy. But he was also diplomatic on the microphone, so I give him a lot of credit. Because he stopped at the Turn 4 tower trying to plead his case over the restart, and uh, obviously it's a racetrack, so they're not going to come down and talk to him. Every racetrack does that. (laughs) You can park at the flag stand. You can park at an official's tower. They're not going to come talk to you regardless. doesn't matter. There's a time and place. It's not right there. No, they're not going to do it. So just he, he went to the podium. He gave his interview. He didn't MF anybody. He didn't, you know, go off key. He just kind of did his thing, thanked his sponsors, and just kind of walked away. And I'm like, man, I just really think that he might have got that one taken from him. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. I'd love to get clarification on it before I really form a solid opinion. But, again, let's move on into the street models. This one's not going to be very long. Ed Gertz would lead early, and the field would string out. But uh, Jason Beal in that rented ride, he would get to using the uh, Norman number 12 car. He would get to Gertz and just keep working that outside because Gertz was on the bottom for laps on end until Beal would be able to get next to him and then right by him and take the lead, and he would check out. Race would go green to checkered. Beal would take his second win, and I think three races in that rented ride from the Norman brothers. Yeah, two in a row. Cars Pretty fast. Damn bad. Cars fast. Jason's proven he can handle himself. Pretty cool deal for him. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job. Not gonna shit on anybody. Take whatever good opportunity you can get. I would do it. I would do that nice, in a heartbeat. Nice to see him. Nice to see him not racing like he does on iRacing. <laughs> <laughs> he does great in real life. I know oh, he's awesome. He's, he's a good driver. There's so many people who absolutely are terrible on iRacing. But you put them in a real race car, and they're totally fine. Ryan Waterman. Jesse's racing. I had him on iRacing one time, (laughs) and he was absolutely horrendous. He couldn't make a corner. I mean, we used to... I'm the same way. I can't can't do... I do iRacing. I'm turd. Who's the modified guy we used to race? you've at least won races. When Waterman got on, he could not make a corner. (laughs) (laughs) Virtual stuff is like, what the hell? Uh, Uh, Who the hell was it? That's only because I was incredibly drunk. (laughs) Who is it that we used to Never race worked. with? That Phil. Who is it we used to race with? Who's a modified guy? Won a bunch of stuff. Not Todd. The other one. Shit. Can't remember his name. He's not racing no more anyway. Because Stephen Massey. Yeah. Steve Massey. Steve Massey. Yeah. Yeah. We used to race with him on oh, yeah, iRacing, yeah. and um, he was not great on iRacing. But you put him in a real car, and he would absolutely kick your ass. He was a yeah. good real world driver. Yeah. He was lights out. Just unfortunate what happened to his career. Just fizzled and died as soon as his dad died. That's terrible. It sucks so much. I know that feeling. Anyway, uh, late models. This one also kind of uh, controversial here. Ray Christ. Oh, Jess, we got to get there. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold Hang on. Hang on. Hold we on, haven't done on. this in a while. We don't. Oh, we've. Ray Christian the third. Sleeping at the mic here. We have to play it. There's right. a third. We have to play it. You're right. All all juniors and thirds get it. Really. Got yeah. He got to the lead early because he's had a bad couple weeks and uh, was gone until Matt Lewinsky Lowe, who had a great run going. I think he was in third and uh, caught the he. I think he lost a right front tire and caught the turn four wall. Uh, the restart. Ray Christian in third. 
never gets old. Broke our golden rule. What is that golden rule, kids? Never take the top on a restart. I don't care how good. I don't care how good it is. How good the top is. Even at Waterford, where the top line seems to be the only way you can get around this place. I don't care if the top is the preferred lane. You always put yourself on offense. There's centrifugal force. There's centrifugal force. Mm-hmm. And then once an object keeps going into your door, it tends to go past your door. Never put yourself <laughs> just if you put yourself on the outside, you're putting yourself automatically on defense, right? Somebody could could hurt you. Right. You're giving them the power to hurt you. Right. I don't want to do that. And I say it every time on here. The last time someone gave me the bottom on a restart as the leader, I won the race. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like it's like giving a drunk driver your keys to your car and say, "Hey, drive me home." <laughs> you could fucking Nothing hurt battle you. happen here. You could hurt me. <laughs> that guy. Again, put no. yourself on offense. If that guy on the outside in the preferred lane starts to get a little ahead, you put your fender into him and you knock him into the marbles. There, now you're on offense again. All right, anyway. <laughs> Raise one more races than I've probably entered. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. He fucked up. He said, he said in victory lane, he's not going to do that to him again. Anyway. Um, hey, I owned it. That allowed Andrew Moeller to restart on the bottom. Now, Moeller is fast. Let's be fair. The last six-lap dash saw them race side-by-side side until the last lap when Moeller would move Christian up and take the win. And as I was walking, again, golden rule. As I was walking out of the track, it did just start sprinkling rain. So we just barely got that one in. We are not done with our local reports because we have the Seekonk Report, WWE edition from our Seekonk correspondent, Sean Miner. We need music for him, I think. What do you think? We got to figure something out about that. You can get a standing ovation. Oh, perfect. All right. I will quote Mr. Sean Miner for the Seekonk Report, WWE edition, he wrote. Quote, the annual Boston Louie was held at Seekonk this past Saturday, bringing NEMA, NEMA Lights, and Star, Senior Tour Auto Racers, to town and giving the sport trucks and sportsmen the night off. Damn, the only good show. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the night off, or the night started off with the Senior Tour Auto Racers, and I decided to use my time more wisely and went and grabbed a cheeseburger. Some car that should be in a museum won. I'm glad he shares our opinion on that. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Stop racing classic race cars. We need them for posterity. Stop wrecking. I've watched him wreck them before. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't replace that. Put we it had away. One wrecking practice at uh, Smyrna this weekend. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I've seen I've seen guys like roll over these cars, and they're like the genuine cars from the seventies that these famous drivers drove. And I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot." Anyway. I don't care if it's a replica or the real thing. Just fucking use them as display pieces. Do a parade, pre-race parade stuff, whatever. If you want an actual it, race, race if you want an actual race car, buy one. Moving on. Quote, Nima Lights started the actual racing off with 28 cars taking the green. Some stars, including Ken Schrader, would come to town. Ken would win his heat race, but end up starting 18th after the redraw. Ouch. 
The 50-lap feature was relatively clean with Randy Cabral jumping into the early lead with Jake Trainer carving his way up the field uh, from 10th. Trainer would pull away and survive a restart to go on to win with Randy Cabral in second, Chase Lock in third. Ken Trader would move his way up to at least finish in 11th. Late models were next, and 15 cars started the 45-lap extra distance feature. Nate Tracy and Tyler Tomasi would lead the field to green. Oh, God. Sorry, that was me. Uh, Tracy would fall back almost immediately, and Tomasi would make one too many late blocks and get shuffled out of the groove and fall back as well. Sounds about right. Scheduled tweet. Jacob Burns would come from seventh to work his way up through the field noticeably faster than everyone else. He gave a few courtesy taps to a few cars he was more pa- more than patient with and survived Mark Jennison dooring him down the straightaway. Get him, Mark. Uh, Mark ain't taking no <laughs> shit. <laughs> Race Control told Burns to give up two spots for rough driving all under green. Why? Because he fucked up. I mean, okay. I <laughs> but they're still going. If the car gets turned around, then maybe I could see them throwing a penalty on him, but come on. You know, uh, let's see. They would do the same to Luke LeBron, who worked his way through the field in a similar fashion. Neither would give any spots back, and the feature would go green checkered. Burns crossed the line with a commanding five-second lead over LeBron and Charlie Rose, and even the announcers called him the winner. Race director Lenny Ellis stuck by his call and penalized Burns and LeBron two spots, making the official top three. Charlie Rose, Mark Jennison, and Chase Belcher. On social media, Burns would say that his radio came unplugged and he couldn't hear his spotter. Whether you believe that or not, that's a great excuse, by the way. That's uh, a pretty gold standard. That's the gold standard excuse. Whether you believe that or not, race control should not be getting itself involved in these little, quote, half penalties mid-race. And I agree. Uh, let's see. Anybody else have an opinion on that? I'm just going to open the floor immediately. I have to watch it first. I have to watch it first before I even make an opinion. Not that... Oh no! I'm going to be taken out of context. Boohoo! I'm one big, and my life is going to be ruined. No shit. I'd have to look but it up. But I still have to look. I still have to see what it's about before I really make a decision. Uh, let me see real quick. I just want to do a little bit of uh, research here to look and see that I think somebody actually does film Seekonk. I think it's called Tracy's Action. Tracy's Action Photos on YouTube. Yeah, they look like they have... Yep, they have them. Tracy's action photos on YouTube. They have the Seekonk races, if you're interested. It looks like he does some kind of uh, Yankee racer type deal. But anyway. Um, no flag was shown to Burns or LeBron with any sign of needing to give spots back, and the call was met with booze by the fans, which I agree with them as well. I am a lot more of a Charlie Rose fan than a Jacob Burns fan. However, watching the race in person and again on YouTube, I saw nothing egregious in his driving that night. Boo this man, boo. I wonder why car counts are down. I know emotions are still hot, but Burns Spotter wrote on Facebook that they will be reevaluating their sponsorship next year if Burns continues to run Seekonk. So I'm guessing his spotter's also a sponsor. That's a mouthful, huh? Spotter sponsor. Anyway, shifting to happier news, the NEMA feature started their annual 29-lap Boston Louis Memorial race next. In the heat race, 
Avery Storr was involved in a three-car accident resulting in a lazy flip. His wing was pretty pancaked, and it didn't look like he'd be able to start the feature. However, as the cars were lining up, it was announced he had someone from his team go to his shop in Plainville. Jesus Christ, that's a haul from Seekonk. It's probably two hours. Uh, pick up a spare wing from his teammate and get it on the car, unless it's a different Plainville. I'm thinking Connecticut. I live in Connecticut, and there's a Plainville here. Anyway, uh, get it on his car in time to start the feature. This would be a great call as he would carve his way through the green to checkered feature to win with Jack Trainer in second and Paul Scally in third. Get a load of this, Phil. With the NEMA features ripping 11.5 second lap times, this feature only took 5 minutes and 44 seconds for a 29-lap race. Jesus Christ. That's hauling ass. <laughs> That's the Green to checker? Yep. That's the definition of hauling ass. Let's see. Do I miss anything? Oh. Nope. That's from... Sorry, I'm just seeing if I got any more voicemails or any sort of emails from listeners and just, you know, making sure last minute here. Anyway, moving on to the end of this story here. Pro Stocks ended the night with their inaugural Tom Scully Memorial. 17 cars took the green in the 55-lap feature led by Mike Mitchell and Kevin Casper. Mike Rotundo is driving Roly Lindblad's famous 48 car this year and showed speed for his first time in, well, for his first time this year. He's starting fourth. More on him later. Yeah, I like that. The race was slowed on lap 14 after an odd-looking self-spin by Mike Brightman on the straightaway, allowing him to pit and make some adjustments. Casper would lose the lead on the restart to Dick Benoit. Is it Benoit? I don't want to be like the Thunder Road announcer and say Benoit. I don't know. Is it Benoit or Benoit? I'm just I mean, go, to me, it's Benoit. I'm going to... I hate the French, so I'm going to say Benoit. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Fight harder, pussies. Benoit's lead was uh, short-lived as Dave Darling, who isn't running full-time but has run all the races except for one, took the lead. Benoit would start to backslide and make a desperate chop on Bobby Pell in the third while he wasn't clear and go spinning. In the first call, race control got right. They did not send Pell into the rear. Uh, the ensuing restart would be the beginning of chaos. Pelland who started the feature in 15th and restarted third behind Darling and Rotundo. Uh, Pelland would get by Rotundo only to become the victim of a crossover gone wrong. Rotundo would lift Pelland's back tires off the ground, send him shooting into the, uh, well, shooting into the backstretch wall. I think I watched the video of this. Pelland would somehow save it, but cause a massive chain reaction crash behind him, taking out Kenny Spencer, Tom Scully Jr., and Colby Fournier. I did watch the video link that he sent me. That was a hard hit. Somehow, Rotundo was able to keep his position on the restart. Darling and Pelland would pull away from the rest of the field until Rotundo would spin off the front bumper of Dylan Estrella. Estrella would also spin Benoit, I'm not calling him Benoit, a few laps later, but wouldn't be parked for causing the two cautions, nor would he be sent to the back for either contact. Why are you not calling him Benoit? Because I hate the French. Anyway. Or is it because Chris Benoit but you like his me. family? Yeah, but you actually, you don't pronounce your name Jacques. You spell it Jake's, and that's that I identify with that kind of thing. 
Fair. Jacques Fair. Benoit. <laughs> Jacques. Not calling you Jacques. Anyway, <laughs> where the fuck was I? Uh, Pellin would challenge Darling for a few laps on the restart, but Darling would be too strong and pull away for his third straight win. Pellin would finish second with Jeremy Lilly in third. That was your Seekonk report for this week, and I got to get to Seekonk still. This Seekonk is slowly becoming uh, what I usually save for Lebanon Valley. Oh, I got to get to the Valley. I got to go this year. I got to go this year. I've been to the Valley twice since the last time I've been to Seekonk. I get to a racetrack this year. I know. You got to get out somewhere. How far into this shit show are we? Anyway, I think that's... Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to buzz through this. Okay, local, or we'll Listen do national to us stuff. us three idiots talk about nothing for two and a half hours. Or the same shit we've talked about in previous episodes. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> national Series was in New Hampshire, so we oh. have to talk about it. Hey, guess who won? Uh, yeah, uh, Chase Briscoe finally won a race this year. Yeah, just not in NASCAR. Yeah, he and let's not gloss over the modified tour real quick. <laughs> yeah, let's not gloss over them either. But uh, I didn't get to watch it, so I missed. Yeah, it. I was at Waterford. Monsignor blocked on the backstretch and won. There, that's the race. Yeah, it was pretty much a three-car race the whole race long between I mean, Monsignor, it's... Kobe, and the sixteen of Silk, and it looked like the sixteen was waiting for one move, and that was to make three wide. Or he was waiting for them to wreck going into three. And that was about it. And yeah, Justin Bonsignor made that bumper about 200 feet wide. Well, he finally got his white whale. I don't think he'd won at New Hampshire yet. So, no. but yeah, Chase Briscoe won a, a, a sprint car of New England tour race at the uh, flat track at New Hampshire International Speedway. So, if anybody's actually wondering, I don't. The reason I don't include the NASCAR modified tour as often as I should, or even really at all half the time, I'm usually doing something whenever they race, and I never get a chance to watch them. And then I'm trying to catch it up. It was on, an exciting finish. I'm trying to catch up on all the other racing going on to try to write notes for the show, and they usually end up getting left behind because that's I got two a, weeks in a row. That's an exciting finish, which sucks because between, I actually like watching the tour. Yeah, between Silk and Bonsignor, they're. Yeah, that was twice in a row. This time, this time, uh, it looked like Ronnie Silk had a conscience on this one, and, and let <laughs> or the t- or the point lead, and he's like, I don't want to do that, and let him live. We don't need to wad a car up right now. But anyway, yeah, I just I I want to watch more of them, but and especially New Hampshire. I love watching New Hampshire. I just never got the chance. It sucks. I was at Waterford the whole time. Never got a chance on Sunday. Never got a chance on Monday. It's like you have to sit there for a couple hours just to watch one race when I got 15 of them going on. It's like it always goes by the wayside. You know what sucks a dick? <laughs> Let's not that should use be that. New, we should be a, <laughs> you do. This should be a new segment. You know what sucks a dick? Fucking IndyCar has a peacock-only fucking race. Oh, man. Yeah. For, wonder how their ratings are going to be on that one. I They don't – anything that's over – anything that's under – 500,000, they don't report it, so you probably won't hear it. <laughs> as Great. far as ratings are concerned. 
Yeah, because people have to pay for freaking Peacock. It's a completely different thing when watched... NBC has all these other different networks. See, this is what happens when you get rid of NBC Sports Network instead of, you know, whatever. Fuck well, it. I watched the race, and I watched that shit for free because I know how to find it on... Pirated. Pirated web. Probably something that ends in argue. <laughs> Their servers are still up. They're not the ones getting bombed. Correct. Anyway. Since it's New Hampshire, we got to talk about the national stuff. I know you got some kind of uh, IndyCar news, and they were on the streets of Toronto in IndyCar. I think we had a first-time winner there. Yeah, the Christian Lundgaard. Yep. Yeah, the Dutch. Ray Hall finally got their first win in three years. and Yep, and this one, yeah, he started on the pole. And had won. a really, really strong race and won by like 10 seconds. He actually was really freaking good. Oh, he's not Dutch. He's he's a Denmark. He's a Dane. Dane. Excuse me. You're what are the Dutch? Fuck. The Dutch are Netherlands. Those are countries? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. <born here. laughs> They're the ones we saved from the Nazis. Oh, one of the many, you mean. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so yeah, the changes that Ray Hall Letterman have been have been making seem to have turned around for the whole entire team ran pretty well. Yeah, they've made a lot of engineering changes and, and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, he managed yeah. to... He managed to hold off a charging. Well, he wasn't charging. He was gapping Pillow and Alex Pillow's nose wing. Though it was, <laughs> it was barely hanging on. Like if you have a kid, for a long time. If you have a kid, like I do, and they have a loose tooth, and that son of a bitch is just dangling, that's what his front nose was doing because that thing was torn across the front. And it was just flapping enough, and it was yeah, enough to slow to, him down. He had to avoid a crash with Helio. Yeah. And that's why mm -hmm. yeah, he got bent. So so he had a loose tooth like, for the last tooth. 15 laps of the race. So he was a little slowed down. That allowed Lundgaard to just run away. Yeah, so I think he, he would have won like four in a row if it wasn't for that. <laughs> yeah. He had to have a damaged car in order to not win, and he still finished second. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to... Uh, Xfinity at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Now, did not watch this. I, I watched busy. the highlights because I again it was Saturday and I'm at the Speed Bowl. Didn't get to see it. Yeah. Looked like they put some kind of resin or sealer or something about three lanes up, but at least it was way better than that whatever traction compound they used to use, or they may not have used anything. I don't even know. Uh, Phil, do you know if they used anything up there? No. I think he's dead. Say think, that again. This thing's muted. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did they use traction compound at New Hampshire? No, not this year. It just kind of looked a little darker, three lanes up, or that might have just been where they had some grip. That's the old sealer, I guess. Oh, so nobody just races up there. They just use it as grip. Right. right. Whatever. Either way. But they did kind of race up there this weekend. Yeah, it just had more grip. Uh, anyway. Four to go in stage one. Chris Hacker would spin, and that would end the stage. Coming to the green checkered flag, though, uh, Raja Karuth's car would start smoking heavily, and I'm like, oh, boy, that's not great. Hope that thing's not on fire. Lap 66, second yellow for a kind of weak yellow, stranded car on pit road. Are we kidding? Chad Fincham came to a stop. <laughs> Just he's pulled up the best name in racing right now. Yeah, I was looking at. I was watching the Arca race earlier. Actually, yeah, where were they at the Arca race? Because I forgot about that one completely. We should do that after the Xfinity race. Yeah, yeah we'll just finish this one out. 
Uh, let's see. On the restart, leaders decided to play stupid games by slowing the pace in the restart box, bunching up the entire field. Guess nobody behind got the memo. And uh, because you aren't supposed to change speeds before the restart, you're supposed to maintain pace card speed, but NASCAR doesn't seem to penalize anybody for it. And the whole field stacked up. Parker Kligerman ended up getting his nose stoved in by the car ahead of him. And a bunch of cars behind would be involved in a, a stupid wreck. I think Allgaier, I think he won stage one. Ryan Sieg, Blaine Perkins, Jeremy Clements, and others were all involved. So that was stupid. Six to go in stage two, Connor Mosehack uh, would wreck himself in turn one and bring out a caution. What do we say, Phil? Scheduled tweet. There it is. <laughs> you guys are going to love this. All right. I mean, it's either sack or hack. There's really two ways you can make that funny. Well, it's the same basic <laughs> pronunciation, isn't it? Yeah. I'd just go with most hack. It would probably be the same the same spelling, basically. i just call him most hack. All right, lap 102. Uh, Riley Herbst squeezed Austin Dillon into the wall off a of turn four. Dillon didn't lift, just hooked Herbst and just drove right through him. I don't blame him for that because he got ran in the wall. Uh, but that was another yellow. 41 laps to go as teams were planning on stretching their fuel strategy to make it to the end because some people were on that strategy. Uh, Kyle Sieg went around and brought out a caution, and that negated that. Ten to go. Parker Retzlaff lost a right front, or no, right rear tire, spun hard into the turn one wall. He had a great run going. He was up front for part of the day. Restart. Oh, here's a list for you. Jesus Christ. All right, here. Here's a list. Restart. Sammy Smith flat out drove into Sam Mayer in the middle of turn one and two, spun him around. Then that collected, and get this list, Austin Dillon, Joe Graff Jr., Brandon Jones, and Connor Mosack. There's like four scheduled tweets in that. <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> Fucking get tweet deck, tweet deck ready. I know. Jesus Christ. Every caution on the racetrack ended up in that one, and there was more to come. Overtime restart as they were passing under to take the white. Sheldon Creed and Cole Custer were racing each other super hard coming off turn four. Uh, Creed ran Custer up a little wide, but coming off of four, he left him about a lane and a half, lane and a quarter, so there was plenty of room. Custer still managed to make contact with his right rear and hooked Creed down the front stretch and ended up spinning himself out in the process. Idiot. Um... Uh, the incident collected a bunch more cars and ended the race as John Hunter Nemechek had taken the white and essentially dominated the race and ended up with the win again. So anticlimactic finish and a really stupid fucking really stupid incident. Like Custer had no right to even hook Creed down the front stretch because yeah, Creed ran him up a little bit, but that's hard racing at the green white checkered. They didn't, like, junk him or spin him or nothing. He only lost, like, half a car length to him. That was a real act of a championship. Let's see if NASCAR does anything. My championship shit I have ever seen in my life. And he just hooked him. Just He had room to the right. He left him a lane and a half and then pff, hooked. Yeah, we'll see if NASCAR does anything. I don't, I don't expect them so to do. So where was ARCA? Were they at Iowa or something? Where were they? Yeah, Iowa. That's a great Iowa. race. Um. I forgot who the hell won that race again. It was the kid who Luke Luke Fenhouse. Luke Fenhouse from I'm, Rockford's way in Illinois. The kid that ran the SRX race. Yeah, he won the race at Slinger last year or something, didn't he? And uh he got the ride in the SRX and he damn near won the SRX race. 
I yeah. believe, right? Something like yep. that. Yeah. So yeah, he's yep, a damn good. Him. He's a damn good little shoe, and he actually used that opportunity to get more opportunities, and he's now in the Arca car, and he freaking yeah. went out and won at Iowa. Yeah, he beat William Sawalich and some Yahoo and a Toyota named Jesse Love. No, that's the sponsor and OEM. Oh, just. okay. Yeah, that's a Yahoo Toyota. Okay. <laughs> um, Frankie uh, Moon has had like one of the saves of the year. I'll tell you. That. I don't know how he held on to that thing. <laughs> he got turned around and out of turn four, and that thing was hooked at a like sixty degree angle, turning the wrong way, and he saved it. I so, don't know how he did. Um, got to give, got to give the kid credit. He's got some car control. Who and, finished 11th? Oh, Zachary Tinkle finished 11th. Wait, what's his name? Zachary Tinkle. <laughs> Tinkle. Can you imagine going through life with that name? I mean, it's like Dick Trickle, but... Yeah, yeah we're totally I mean, doing the cool. Sports Center yeah, Dick Trickle thing, but yeah, yeah we Zachary are. Tinkle. Oh, Tinkle. Oh, I've... I can't believe they've gone this long with still having that name, you know? <laughs> I can't be having all the women going, I can't be married with the same name as Tinkle. I can't change I would, my name to Tinkle. I would hope so bad that his nickname would... He'd name him Richard, be Dick Tinkle. That would be even better. He's it's kinda, the same thing. He has a, a, a store and... Uh, he has a store on his website? Yep. He has uh, apparel, hats, die cast. He even has a book out. This guy's a like mid-grade Arca Easter Arca series Zachary driver. Tinkle's Mini Cup Rookie of the Year Dream Kids Book. He's got a kids book. Yeah, bro, <laughs> fuck you. You're a mid-level Arca driver, which isn't saying a lot. A I kid. could be a mid-level Arca driver. <laughs> Frankie Muniz kicks your ass. He's got two. He's got <laughs> two of them. <laughs> he's got two fucking books. Yeah, that's great. Let me. He, you know what? He should have capitalized on it and made a book about how to teach your kid to go to the bathroom. Tinkle with Tinkle. If you sprinkle when you tinkle, leave please, please be neat and clean the seat. <laughs> As someone who just finally got out of kids' books, I'm so glad for this. Anyway, <laughs> most of his shirts are basically from 2012 or. 2021 so like they're all a few years old basically it's because he can't move product From because he's not good cra and all his limited mile shit this is probably the most pub he's gotten in a long time anyway so well for more than his justice he has name. a foundation yeah 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 i'm sure he does jesus christ he looks like a zachary tinkle <laughs> he looks like a mormon he moving looks like on a tinkle <laughs> skinny with curly hair and glasses no Straight, that looks like he cut it himself. He looks like brother Zachary. Let's move on. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> We're way too deep into this thing to be talking about fucking Zachary Tinkle. This kid sucks. If he's got a foundation, you know he's taking it out of the pot to fund his racing career. This well, that's what such, all... That's what all fucking fraud. Well, no, that's what all uh, foundations and charities and all these other organizations are. Like 80, 90% of it doesn't go to actual like good works. It goes to member or uh organizational funding which is pay which is a scam when can we start making less podcast foundation when we get popular enough apparently we need to be called tinkle to be popular people only tinkle. know him because of his fucking name anyway zachary not zach tinkle yeah it says in, 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 it says not zach okay no we're yeah, moving in, on in, that's it we're done in, we're done here with mr tinkle Cup Series, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Going into this race, 
talk was about the new tire compound being brought in. Goodyear brought a softer tire. Apparently, NASCAR removed some aero components like diffuser strikes and decreased the spoiler size. No one cares about aero at a short track. Aero, these you could take all the aero away from these cars. They're still going to be glued to the racetrack. Um, Kevin Harvick had an honest opinion of all these changes, particularly the tires, by saying, I didn't know it was new. I had no idea. <laughs> no, well, he, he will know when the tire falls off, though, because it'll be screaming to put four on. Well, I hope that's the case. No, yeah. didn't seem like it, but that I hope it was the case. No, because it seemed like at the end of the race, two tires was the right call. Yeah, that seems about right. Anyway, 28 laps in, AJ Allmendinger went around off turn two, and I was shocked that somebody actually got the spin out. Uh, then it kept happening. Lap 71, Kyle Busch tagged the wall and killed his already poor weekend because it included three total meetings of the wall. Uh, right behind him, Corey LaJoy would also slide up the track and catch the fence and require extensive repairs, prompting the belief from the TV booth and, well, myself personally, that there was possibly fluid or debris on the racetrack. Lap 163, Eric Jones got way high in turn three, spun out to bring out the third yellow. Lap 169, right on the restart, Eric Almirola, I think he had a wheel nut come loose on the right rear and slid into the turn two wall. That was the report, but I don't know if he broke a toe link or not, but whatever. That thing went around fast. Yeah, that was the report was that, yeah, the wheel came off. Yeah. I think uh, Race Day CT said that he wrecked by himself while leading. It's like, well, no, he didn't really. He had a lot of help. His car helped him a lot. I mean, that's a vague. Yeah. That's a little vague, but, you know. Technically, he's right, but at the same time, he didn't do it by himself. The car kind of broke. All right, so 31 to go. Noah Gregson had some uh, geez, similar a continuation of brake issues or lost the right front tire. He seemed to think it was brake issues because he's the one hitting the brake pedal. I'm going to listen to him, but the right front tire also looked flat. Well, the tire came, like the nut came off the tire. Oh, really? Because I didn't see the tire Yeah, the nut off. came off the wheel. I didn't see it fall off, though. I saw the the wheel nut come off. No, I didn't see the wheel itself fall no, off. No, it stayed on. It was already yanked out of... It was it was kind of like stuck on there, you know? Hmm, that's strange. It was it was dead slideways, and I don't know if that's a chicken or the egg. Yeah. Whether it was because the brake rotor failed or because... Mm, excuse me. Or because it was loose or whatever, but I don't know. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway... I noticed that with this car, as opposed to the Xfinity car, the package still doesn't really seem to matter because these cars have so much mechanical grip that they can just blast each other in the corners and still not spin out or wreck. It seems there still uh, was a lot of passing going on. It, at least they more had more than usual at New Hampshire. Hey, it's a lot better than yeah, the time. It was they... not a typical New Hampshire race in that regard, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, at least they had some positive stuff going on. At least it wasn't like when they put restrictor plates on them. Yeah. Oh my god, that was a boring ass race. <laughs> oh god. My brother fell asleep underneath the seats in the grandstands. Yeah, I've done that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus God. I've done that too. Let's see. Uh twenty two to go. Alex Bowman would get all sorts of pinballed around and crossed up, but he would manage to save it. NASCAR still threw the yellow. Again, he was a wreck that sideways. Did, a wreck that should have happened but didn't. Don't blame NASCAR too much. 14 to go. Christopher Bell got up high and spun and slapped the turn three wall while teammate Farton Truex was leading, prompting Truex to say over the radio, quote, 
We should have a company policy that says when one of your teammates is leading, don't crash by yourself. We're going to hold on to that quote. Yeah, I mean, it's not... now he's going to do it to somebody else. And how I, many times did he do it in the past that we don't know about? Yeah, I, I don't know, but I mean, it's not like the guy's not trying to go and improve his position. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, it's not like he's out there racing. Anyway, none of that seemed to matter as Farton Truex would finally get that elusive cup win at New Hampshire. I know he's won there in uh, Bush North and uh, Xfinity or... His brother and his father have. His brother's won there, right? And then... Uh, yeah, his father has. And, you know, di- different divisions, obviously, but... Yeah, obviously, but they've all gotten them at some point. But, yeah, he dominated it all day. He won both stages, won the whole, you know, the whole shebang. Whatever. I could care less. Anyway... I am out of notes for this week, and we are way oh, too long. Oh, but. we have we have to say one thing about the developing Cobra Tire Scott saga. Ah, yes, we still have more news on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it seems like dad joking coming. They're they're gaining traction in uh. the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of hope so, even the bad joke included. Yeah, uh, the New York Super Stocks, which usually run on a 10-inch slick, and guess what Cobra tires are? A 10-inch slick. Yep. And they're testing them and trying them out. And, they, yeah, they race all over western New York. Uh, yeah. They're like the mid-Atlantic it, it, street stocks, but a little bit more touring sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. They run it, yeah, they run it like, you know, Chemung and uh, they run Oswego and mm-hmm. Wyoming and, and other places and whatnot. Right. So, yeah, it's going to be curious. It's an interesting little division, but that's just another one that's coming along. We told you that we'd be reporting on We're going to check to see how this company was going to be, you know, getting more of a foothold into this industry, and it seems like they're making some headway. Yeah, they are testing the new ones. They've got other tire options coming, too. Yeah, they're still building stuff, so they're they're expanding their business, and they're gaining traction in different series, so I'm I'm very... Hey, caught it. All right. That's what I did. That's Again, I, I am. That's my joke. I said that earlier. I'm uh, now officially out of jokes and notes. Any final thoughts before oh, I wrap chip. this up? Nothing from me. This one is way too long. So you can find this podcast on every major podcasting platform. Oh, I have one more thing. Oh, what's that? Uh, Phil, how much do you get from your t-shirt sales? Say again. Your T-shirt sales. T-shirt sales. Yeah, five dollars a piece. Oh, well, you're welcome because I just bought a T-shirt. <laughs> Yay! That'll that's I get... think my twenty twenty third shirt. Yeah, that'll make you. That'll buy five pounds of air pressure in one of your tires. Yeah, it'll be perfect. I I said something to Daniel earlier this week. I was I had numbers on my mind and. We were talking, and I said I sold 230 shirts, and I'm sitting there later. I was like, fuck, that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I was thinking of something else. I was like, shit. No, I didn't. Oh, well, I'm a liar. Def- definitely didn't, because if I did, I'd have a couple other designs. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I hope I hope it's not UPS delivering it. Uh, it's probably gonna... FedEx, so it'll get torn and, and previously worn, dragged through the mud, thrown in a river, and then repackaged frozen in Antarctica, and then repackaged. Yeah, yep. and then they'll send that to you because that's what happened to me the last few times because, I got stuff. Because we are going on vacation for a few days, I hope. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, Jesse. If, if anybody else wants to uh, buy a t-shirt, you can go to drivertees.com slash Racing. There you go. Represent, motherfuckers. Please help. Please help me. It gives me $5 for every shirt you buy. Perfect. At least you're making something on them. Right, you can find this podcast on every major podcasting platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. Feel free to send us some feedback or whatever you want to uh, our email address, makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can have your voice heard like Adam did on the show earlier. You can go over to anchor.fm slash makinglaps. You might need a Spotify account to do it because we're hosted by them and Whatever, but you should have one by now anyway. Let's be fair. Everybody's got an account for everything. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash BrentGleason. Trust me, I do actually have a video coming. It's just taken a little while because I've had some downtime. You can find Phil at... At Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All right. And you can find Jesse, hopefully, on vacation soon. That would be Yay. nice. That would strike, be strike, 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 strike. <laughs> nice. Anyway, boy, Child. please pay attention. Boy, please pay attention. He's not paying attention. All right. How do we end the show? Please do it nice, or else. <laughs> Keep the door side down, steel fence. Thank you for listening. If he could actually reach the microphone, that would probably help. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. <laughs>